When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. Love this song, Sister Christian. There's a reason why, though, we start this show today, Bernie and Sid, with this song. This song was actually written, sung, and performed by a group named Night Ranger. And being the Rangers won last night. <laughs> not, <laughs> My God. I know. Not only is it one of my favorite songs, and, and by the way, in the movie Boogie Nights. Oh, great scene. When Mark Wahlberg, as Dirk Diggler, is trying to buy drugs from that guy, and he's throwing the firecrackers all over the living room floor, <laughs> and this song is playing. It is amazing. So there it is, folks. Sister Christian by Night Ranger at 6.07 on your Friday morning. We are the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York. And uh, half of the team is right there in his palatial estate out there on Long Beach. The brilliant and adorably cute, my partner, Bernard McGurk. Good Friday morning, Bernie. How are you, pal? Sid, Arthur, wrote, did you say adorably cute? You are that, yes. Yes. Uh, can we do, read take two? Take two. No, I'm just kidding. That's very nice well, of you to it, say. It, Sid well, it's true. You're you're very given angelic smile. I know Bill O'Reilly was making fun yesterday because in the Marlin Dental commercial, I call myself gorgeous. But uh, you're very, very cute. I'm in a very good mood this morning. Very good. I mood. like. I sound like. It. Yes. So you have the Rangers tied one-one. It's beautiful. Uh, that was a great win last night for the uh, yeah. for the Rangers. In fact, let's play one quick goal here. Before, you know, we'll get to all the new stuff, the important stuff, obviously. But uh, you know, the Rangers made me nervous. Don't forget, they blew a two-goal lead, as you know, Bernie, and the listening audience in Game One led two nothing just to lose in triple overtime, four to three. Again last night, they built a two-goal lead. They're up three. To one late second period, Sidney Crosby, who's so good, he's the real Sid. He cut the lead to three to two, and I'm laying in bed with Danielle. And yes, you were naked in between uh, periods two and three. And I said, "Oh my God, we're going to blow it again." And then Chris Kreider, who scored fifty plus goals during the regular season for the Rangers, made sure Bernard McGurk we did not blow it again. Vitrano. now Miller to Vitrano for a shot. He scores! 
Sam Rosen and, of course, Joe on the call. Kreider made it 4-2 on the Rangers, 1-5-2. It was a, a pretty cool moment, Bernie, during the Ranger game last night. I always like it when athletes follow other teams, you know, when you'll see like a football player at a baseball game, and especially when New York guys are there for New York guys. And at one point last night, the TV moves to the first row of seats, and who's sitting there in their blue Ranger jerseys? But the first three names in the New York Yankee lineup. No kidding. I, I saw that. I saw, I saw them sitting there drinking beer in their Ranger jerseys. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. DJ LeMayhew, Anthony Rizzo, and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Yes, and as you pointed out, they were drinking beer. And I said to Danielle, I said, I wonder if Cashman will be mad. I know Steinbrenner would have been pissed off. Again, great they're there. Great they're supporting the local team. But I know George would have been angry if he saw those guys. They chugged a beer. Right there, live on TV, which I thought was great. Didn't you, Burn? I thought it was fantastic. I thought they they chugged the beer just because they knew the cameras were there. It doesn't mean that necessarily that they got drunk, though. Who knows? Maybe right. they did. Well, we'll maybe see they tonight. Were, maybe they were. Maybe they're out there on Thirty First Street taking a leak, you know, <laughs> behind a truck, like you often saw when the Rangers. When we were at Two Pen Plaza, I used to spend the nights there a lot of times, and these Ranger fans coming away from the games. Yep. I mean, that's what they did. They peed all over the place. They're drunk. They're yelling in their Ranger jerseys. And it could have been LeMay, Hugh, and Aaron Judge last night doing the same thing. Yeah, don't forget there was a time when both Don Mattingly and Dale Berra got arrested for public urination for the Yankees when they were out drinking one night. So we did see that from those three guys last night. We'll see how they do tonight. They're supposed to host the Texas Rangers in the Bronx. They were off yesterday, but the rain may uh, may cancel that. We'll see. That was a pretty cool scene, though, and the Rangers, as Bernie pointed out, did get to them. But not just the Rangers. How about the Mets? The New York Mets have their biggest comeback in over 25 years. They scored seven runs. They were trailing the Phillies 7-1 to one in the ninth inning, and they scored seven runs to come back and win the game. And Sterling Marte was the guy, Bernie, that was the hero. Yeah. Sterling unloads one, deep left center, back to the warning track goes Herrera, near the wall, it's off the base, here's Nimmo around third, he'll come in to score, and the Mets take the lead! What a night. Gary Cohen on the call. The Mets, the first team in Major League Baseball history to come back from a six-run deficit in the ninth inning and win. So no matter what happens today, Bernard, the Rangers win game two. The Mets, now with 19 wins, stage the biggest comeback in the history, ninth inning history of Major League Baseball. Everything is beautiful today, Bernie. Now, the weather sucks, but everything else is beautiful. Not only is it beautiful, uh, regarding the Mets, you know, it feels like, you know that song that goes, there's something happening here. Oh, what yeah. it is, ain't I, exactly love that, I love that song. seems like there's something going on with this Mets team this year, and uh, it could be special. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, with the Yankees as well, doing as well as they are, could be another year 2000. Could very well be, don't you think? Uh, uh, listen, I think you're right, Bernie. Right now, the Yankees 18 and 7 atop the AL East. The Mets are 19 and 9 atop the NL East. And maybe 22 years later, we do it again. And that's how I came to you, actually, because it was that year in the year 2000 that I was hired in April of 2000 with Scott Kaplan 
uh, by WNEW, 102.7 FM. At the time, that was a big-time station. Again, we had the radio chick. We had Ron and Fez. We had Don and Mike. And, of course, the big guns were Opie and Anthony in the afternoon. And Scott and I came to New York in April of that year. Scott ends up getting fired, of course, and replaced by Craig Carton. But uh, we did have that World Series. And I'll never forget, uh, Bernie, I was um, I went to watch Mike and the Mad Dog do a live show during that World Series. They were live at Rockefeller Center. And I met Chernoff for the very first time, very first time. And he said, you know, I, I like what you're doing in the mornings. There. I mean, nobody listens to you, nobody, nobody. But I like what you're doing in the mornings. Um, and I, I never forgot that because when WNEW decided not to bring me back, I called Steve Cohen, your friend and mine, Steve Cohen. And I said, hey, Steve, before I go back to Florida, Chernoff said to me at the Yankee Met World Series game, he liked what I was doing. And, and Cohen said, he does. In fact, he and Lee Davis and all these folks think you're pretty good. I said, could you set up a meeting with Mark Chernoff? I don't know if you know this, Bernie, but it was actually Steve Cohen that set up the conversation with me and Mark Chernoff that eventually got me hired to do I Miss in the Morning because Chernoff said to me, I don't have a day slot available for you yet, but I'm going to tell you a secret, which you can't share. George Steinbrenner is starting a brand new sports network called the Yes Network in three months. When he does that, Susan Waldman is leaving, and I promise you, when Susan leaves, I'll team you up with Jody McDonald. So just do I miss for a couple of months, tread water. I know it's going to be tough on paying your bills. I was living in Riverdale at the time. He said, but I promise you, you'll get the midday job when Susan leaves. Don't tell anybody. And as you know, that all came to fruition. So there it is. There's the I story. Certainly don't. You know, it's funny, too. Yesterday you talked about the Joey Reynolds. Steve Cohen uh, back at WNBC at 30 Rock, he was Joey Reynolds' producer. And then when we went over to uh, WFAN, he came as well and became, you know, one of the producers there. But, yeah, he was a producer for Joey Reynolds, believe it or not, with Is, Steve Cohen. Really? Yeah. And the reason why you went to see uh, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog at 30 Rock in the year 2000 was because the Imus in the Morning show was broadcasting on MSNBC, and we were, being, we, we were doing some shows from yes. 30 yep. Rock. Yep. And that's why the whole, the whole station was ultimately doing ah. the shows from 30 Rock. The rest of the day. Oh, you know, it's funny of- you say that. Now that you say that, because the first time I went to meet Imus was during the Radiothon, and that was also, to your point, Bernie, at 30 Rock, and that was the famous Mike Breen story, when I was sitting there waiting for the show to end, because uh, Turnoff is like, hey, when the show's over, go talk to Imus, and I was scared to death. And Breen was there, and I said, hey, Mike, my name is Sid Rosenberg, and he know I was. Uh, I said, you've been doing this for a long time with Don. Do you have any advice? And he said, yes, I've got one word, run. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that you're right. I, I, that's that's where I met Imus right there at uh, Thirty Rock. So I guess you guys actually paved the way for the whole station there that year. Uh, exactly. Yes. I mean, why why else would uh, Mike and the Mad Dog be at Thirty Rock? It was all you know because of Imus and uh, MSNBC and that that whole connection there. But uh, gotcha. It's all interrelated seemingly. But Steve Cohen, great guy. Steve and he married Eileen. Yes. He was doing the traffic back then. Lou Rafino knows better. Uh, than anybody else, the uh, the the evolution of these events. Eileen Marchese. Yeah. Oh, Cohen. my God. Wow. Yeah, they, yeah. she's a nice girl, too. And they tragically lost their daughter a couple of years ago. I felt so awful. 19 years old, beautiful young girl. And, of course, um, I could certainly uh, sympathize with how she died because I had the same problems. Thank God I didn't die, but she did. And uh, just a, a, a horrible loss for Steve and Eileen years ago. But they're a wonderful I mean, couple unthinkable yeah. I just I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't fathom I couldn't I couldn't process that whole no. thing because I, I remember 
the girl, you know, we were friends, and, uh, you know, we would go over to each other's homes, believe it or not. And I knew the girl when she was a little girl, so either way, terribly tragic. But, yeah, that's a, that's the same Stevie Cohen, Joey Reynolds, and then WFAN, and then, of course, Satellite Radio. Wow. Yeah, he does run all of the sports for many, many years now, many years, for Sirius XM. He's got a big-time job. Tomorrow, the Kentucky Derby will speak to the voice of the Derby, Dick Girardi, uh, widely regarded as the best thoroughbred racing mind in the history of the business. 37 years. He's now covered the Triple Crown for 36 years. He's covered the Breeders' Cup for 35 years. There is a horse, number six, Messier, going off at 8-1. to one. That is the third favorite. It is not owned by Mark Messier, but that seems to be one of the favorites. And then finally, some real news, because he had so much fun the first 16 minutes. Our owner and dear friend, Bernie John Katsimatidis, of course, the host of Cats at Night, a great show, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon, and that Cats Roundtable show, 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We did say yesterday, he was on with you and I, Burn for Cinco de Mayo, and we made the point that at 10.30 yesterday, he was going to be on Fox Business. Well, yesterday afternoon, again, Eric Adams, took him, uh, they took him to the woodshed here in New York. The New York Post wrote a whole story how Eric Adams is hanging out in Los Angeles while crime is surging in New York. And now, if you yeah. notice, the Post, uh, Bernie, almost every day is going after Eric Adams. It's time. I mean, uh, look, four months. The honeymoon is over. It's long over. It's, it should have been over, you know, a month ago. A month ago, a hundred days they usually give these, these people for a honeymoon period. And he, he's way past that. Crime, of course, up 65% over a year when de Blasio was uh, mayor. I mean, it just makes no wow. sense. Wow. Yeah, the, the Post is almost late to the party. Yeah, they going are. After them. You started going after them, him way before that. And you've been justified, vindicated for your attacks on him right now. But, uh, yeah, just uh, he's out in L.A. So you, you and I both have been saying he's a media whore. Yep. He's, he's starstruck. He loves the attention. He's one of those guys. But, uh, you know, he, he seems to be all, as they say down in Texas, all hat, no cattle. Oh, I love that. Es- well, essentially. Yeah, I love that. And, and John Katsimatidis on with Stu Varney, Fox Business, yesterday. Of course, crime in the city came up. You mentioned it to him yesterday, Bernie, on the money. One of his stores held up on 84th and 3rd, a Gristiti store. So he knows personally about the crime in this city. And the conversation did move to Albany and Eric Adams. Here's one of the cuts from John Katsimatidis, courtesy of Varney and Fox Business, yesterday. The problem is Stuart Cousins, the state Senate and uh, uh, the state assembly that have the right to override the governor and have the right to override the mayor. And they're threatening the mayor with taking away school control with them. So they're in the threatening business. And, And I've said to them, we're in the threatening business, too. Common sense Democrats and common sense Republicans have to get together and say, enough is enough. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. Again, the voice of thoroughbred racing, Dick Girardi, 725 this morning. Kentucky Derby tomorrow going to be a sloppy Churchill Downs. The weather is brutal in Kentucky, and we're getting some of that later on tonight and tomorrow. Pettigrew coming on at 925. The Friday edition of Bernie and Sid. Folks, it does not get better than this. Friday with us. Coming right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Mother. Tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words. What they mean, what they, what mean, they, say. What they say. Mother. 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 Can you keep them in the Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Wow, I love that song. Mother. Sounds like Ron DeSantis warning <laughs> the parents down in Florida. Mother. Uh, again, we're heard on the 77 WABC app is the Bernie and Sid show and the rest of 70, uh, rest of 77 WABC. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Also, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And, you know, just to add one thing to your sports cast, Sid, I saw this on the local news, believe it or yeah. not, last night. Yeah. The uh, pitcher for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, our own favorite, the female, Kelsey Whitmore, yep. the only female on the team, on a minor league men's team, she came in, uh, th- the bases were loaded. She's a pitcher. They brought her in on relief, bases loaded, and she pitched her way out of that jam right there. So she made uh, history last night. Believe I love that. that. Believe that or not. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, I think uh, Lou played that song, Mother, there, because Mother's Day, of course, is coming up on Sunday. We'll get to that later. But um, I'm glad you got to that because I posted a really nice picture of me and Kelsey in the dugout before the game Tuesday night in the home opener, which we did win, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And I have to tell you, Bernie, it never surprises me. Oh, please, she can't really play. This is clearly a marketing ploy by Staten Island. What is Gary Perone thinking? Girls shouldn't play with boys. I'm like, really? Really? 2022 was still there? So the fact that she went out there and got out of a bases-loaded jam and pitched her way out of it tells those Neanderthals out there, and believe me, I'm a guy's guy, but if you don't believe that in some sports, not football, some sports women cannot compete, you're an idiot. So I'm glad to see that Kelsey Whitmore got the job done. Yeah, she shut a lot of people up last night. But uh, anyway, it's the beginning of the season. We'll see how she fares as the season uh, unfolds. Now listen, this other uh, female... She's the spokesperson for uh, the imbecile-in-chief down there at Joe Biden. You know, this is getting really ugly with this overturning of Roe v. Wade. Expect a lot of protests over the weekend. As I predicted uh, on day one of this whole, uh, this whole, you know, overturning of Roe v. Wade and, and the overreaction, the apocalyptic overreaction by the left, as usual, they overreact to everything. In any case, uh, one of the things they're doing, and you, you may have seen Congressman Peter King sent you and I both, Sydney, a, uh, a message about a group called Ruth Sent Us yep. and how they're urging people to go outside of the justices' homes and to go to Catholic churches and disrupt services this weekend. Disgusting. A group, a group called Ruth Sent Us. And by the way, Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, excuse me, she said herself that Roe v. Wade was bad law. She actually said that, but they're using her name in this endeavor. It is disgusting. And what's more disgusting is that the White House is very complacent about the whole thing. In other words, they don't think it's a big deal. Uh, this guy, Peter Ducey, Fox News, he gave this peppermint patty-looking punk, Jen Psaki, a chance to, uh, you know, to say that it, it is concerning or whatever the hell she should have said. She didn't do it. This is cut five. Take a listen, please. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So, so he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on what? where people protest. I want it. We, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. Come on. How could you not have an official? Right. Go- I mean, the official but- government position is 
Stay away from the justices' homes. What is this, a banana republic, for God's sake? Well, she should just say that, listen, I don't have, if she wants to say, I don't have an official government protest, she just say, in my opinion, I would do it someplace else. It's not right to do it in somebody's home or in a church. And by the way, when I when I got that text, and you and I got that text from Peter King last night, I did reach out to John Katsimatidis to book Cardinal Dolan today, and or I thought a good idea would be our dear friend, the head of the Catholic League, Bill Donahue, we haven't gotten either one yet, but I thought Bill Donahue specifically would have been great on that today. But you could have easily just said, Bernie, right then and there, in my opinion, that's not the right thing to do, and would have come off looking pretty good. And, and it would have been so easy. And it's the natural response is, is that. But obviously they don't feel that. See, they're, they're, these are the radicals. Joe Biden said that this that the MAGA crowd is the worst political group in the history of the United States. I'm sorry. Uh, Biden, the, the, the people who voted for Biden and people like Saki that, that, you know, subscribe to all these and pander to all these radical leftists, including the outrage over Roe v. Wade, the, the overreaction uh, to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. These people are the most radical, if you, if you ask me, maybe not in the history of the United States, but uh, they're pretty, pretty damn radical. So Joe Biden, everything the left accuses the right of, they're usually guilty of themselves. Just listen to uh, Schmuck Schumer in 2020, him uh, threatening uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh outside the Supreme Court building. I played this before, but this emboldens these uh, mutts who are going to go to these these justices' homes. This emboldens people to do uh, stuff like that. Cut 30, please, Lou. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Now, you, you're going to pay what, what price? What pr- Listen, these guys have lifetime tenure on the bench. They have nothing to worry about. What price is he talking about? I mean, above and beyond being able to be fired, they can't be fired. So it's got to be something ugly, something illegal right. that, they, they, that he, he's calling for. And then you have, uh, so that's Schumer in 2020. No doubt he hasn't changed his position because he would be, uh, you know, they'd be protesting outside his home if he did. Hillary Clinton, her yesterday uh, fanning the flames of violence, if you ask me, on the same topic. Cut four, please, Lou. This opinion is dark, it is incredibly dangerous, and it is not just about a woman's right to choose. It is about much more than that. Once you allow this kind of extreme power to take hold, you have no idea who they will come for next. What are you talking about? You see how dark and nasty, yep, yep. you know, that, that she's portraying these justices? You, you know, in other words, uh, you, it, it, essentially justifying whatever these people are going to do to them over the weekend. It really is a, it's a bad state that we're in. I have to tell you, a terrible state. Just one other thing. Uh, Saki's leaving. She's actually exiting the job. I think maybe this weekend, maybe next week. on Monday or Tuesday or yeah, something next week. like that. Yeah. Either way, uh, Peter Ducey, uh, the aforementioned Peter Ducey, he tried to, uh, you know, throw out an olive branch to, on her departure. Uh, this is cut 32. Listen to her response. Cut 32, please, Lou. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. Sorry to see you go. Are you? <laughs> yes, and you've always been a good sport. Thank you. So As have you. On behalf of everybody, thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. I can't wait to see you oh. out there, Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. She well, was okay. good. That's a, a little different. I didn't hear, hear the clip before. Yeah, no, she I was nice. It was, I, I didn't hear these uh, as have you. So uh, yeah, very so nice. I withdraw. 
I withdraw my plea. No, don't uh, withdraw anything. She's she's on her way to MSNBC. No, she's, no, no, no. Just, just on this particular topic. Yeah, she was very nice there. She, she's still a douchebag, but she was very nice there. Thank very you. nice. She's, she's, a, she's a punk. She's a, a peppermint patty looking punk. And I just detest that lady and, and good, good riddance. Do you know Go where she's MSNBC. going? Is she replacing, she's not going to replace Joy Reid. She should, but is she getting a prime I, I, time you know, slot? It's, it's a very good question. I, don't, I doubt if it's prime time at this point, but they got, they, they're sort of, to use the word du jour, I guess they're grooming her for a prime time spot. They're going to probably put her, I don't know, a weekend slot first or some daytime slot. Maybe they're going to replace your boy Chuck Todd. Oh, Chuck on the, Todd. On the daytime meet the president. I doubt it. I really don't well, know. Well, who's I on? Trying to go out. I know Rachel Maddow is uh, is on like once a week now or something. Who's on? Right, she, 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 yeah, she's trying to uh, actually exit uh, right. Rachel Maddow. She wants to get out. So I really don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Nobody watches MSNBC anyway. We just play the clips of them acting like a bunch of fools and jackasses. So I really just don't know. But either way, good riddance to her. And, uh, you know, look, she's going to the right place, MSNBC. They'll welcome her with open arms. Yeah. Anyway, listen. She's actually going to the to... left place, not the right place. <laughs> Very good. Well said. Well said, Sydney. Thank you, Thank you bro. Uh, traffic and sports is coming up next right now. It's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra with your host Joe Piscopo every Sunday night starting at 6 on Music Radio 77 WABC. This weekend, Margo and John Katsimatidis, who we, we both love, Sydney and myself, they join Joe Piscopo Sunday night at 6 o'clock for a Mother's Day special on Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra. Take it away, Lou. My mother made a lot of sacrifices, and she tried to make every day a better day for everyone around her, and I got a lot of that from her. And yeah. so my children, they are very fortunate. I am so blessed, John and I, that they are healthy, and I'm going to ask them this Mother's Day what is their most favorable memory and moment of growing up that they will always cherish for the rest of their lives. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, my wonderful mother, Naomi, Bernie's beautiful wife, Carol. And uh, Bernie, I know you lost your mother tragically many, many years ago, but uh, on this pre-eve, no, actually two days before Mother's Day, we want to wish uh, all of our wives and moms and all you ladies out there that uh, make it all possible a very happy Mother's Day, even ironically, as we fight back and forth over Roe versus Wade. A good time to wish everybody out there, all the ladies, Bernard, a happy Mother's Day. It is funny. It's just so uh, coincidental or ironic, if you will. Yeah, Mother's Day uh, coming the, exactly the Sunday after 
the news came out that they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Perhaps. We don't even know that that's the case. But you're right. It is, uh, it is, it is kind of awkward. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's awkward. So we did play one cut in the first segment of our good buddy, and he has become a very good friend. He actually gets angry when we refer to him as the boss or the owner. He's like, no, 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 I'm your friend to both uh, Sid and Bernie, John Katz, and Matidis. Fox Business really? yesterday, he does. He, he gets aggravated. He's like, I'm your friend. He, yeah. I wanted to call him Mr. Katz, this, that. John, John, it always, it's always call me John. Right. He's, so that's, uh, he's, that's, that, that is exactly the kind of guy he is. And he Such means nice that. Man. And he means that. And uh, Margo, too, the lovely Margo. Uh, so we got a couple more cuts here talking again about Eric Adams and crime and all the things wrong in uh, New York City, talking about the criminals running the streets and how we can bring New York back. One of these days, got to get Corey Zelnick back in here. He's got all the answers, and he is a great oh, yeah. New Yorker. You got to admit, he's a great New Yorker. He's he's made a great life here for himself. He's one of the more successful commercial real estate guys uh, in New York. He's a wonderful guy too, and, um, and a big Adams fan. Also, uh, early on, a big Adams fan. He had lots of hope for Adams, Eric Adams. I wonder what he thinks now. Me too. I, that's a great point. You're right, because he actually did come in and say some nice things about him. But I wonder where he is on that now. We'll get Corey in next week. But here is Katsimatidis once again. Stu Varney yesterday, Bernard, courtesy of Fox Business. First cut here, he talks about criminals. Uh, how many chances will they get before we say we had enough? You know what it comes down to? Violent crimes versus somebody stealing a loaf of bread because they're hungry. The violent criminals... They have to be put away. Uh, I have uh, on my show the other day, Tony Carbonetti, who used to be the chief of staff of Rudy Giuliani. He says, we had 27,000 prisoners at Rikers Island. Now they have 4,000. So all I'm saying to, to people is the violent criminals. It used to be three strikes and you're out. Yep. Well, what is it now? 10, 20, 30 strikes and you're out? Yeah, that's a good Very question. Good. <laughs> and the answer is this. There is no there is no number. It, it, there's no number whatsoever. Nope. You can commit as many crimes as you want. Yep. And he's right. Where yep. is that? Yep. And, and he also makes the point often uh, and accurately that it's only a certain amount of criminals that are committing all these crimes. The recidivists are out there. 3,000. Yep. Yeah, we keep letting them out, and they yep. keep committing the same crimes. And, and it makes it seem like there's more criminals than there are. If we locked these bastards up and kept them there, right. uh, the numbers would just, just sink dramatically. But it's the politicians that won't allow it. Judges, politicians, prosecutors, they will not allow it. It's really sad. Well, you make the great point that it does make it seem like it's more. Like, I take the subway every day, folks. Every day I take the one, the two, or the three downtown from uh, 42nd from Grand Central to Wall Street before I get the ferry. And by the way, the ferry ride yesterday was gorgeous. Uh, and I don't worry about getting raped or, um, excuse me, raped, murdered or mugged or killed on the train. I just don't. And the truth is, compared to the amount of people that ride the subways every day, that number is minimal, but it shouldn't be anything. I mean, it's still, it's not like you have to take, you know, worry every day you're going to get killed, but, you know, I still take the subways every day. I'm not nervous about it. And this next cut, Katsimatidis talks about that, Bernard, whether or not he'll actually, he would allow his children to take the subway. We need New York back, and we're going to take New York back, and I'm going to tell every New York voter, I'm going to tell every single one of them, you better vote the right way if you want New York to be safe again. And our subways, would you allow your kids in your subways? No, right. I wouldn't. Yeah, well, I take them every day, so I'm kind of like your kids, so. Well, you know, <laughs> the, right, but, but you do as well, you 
you take a short ride. You don't ride it in the Bronx. You don't ride no. it out in Brooklyn. No. Uh, and those are really the more dangerous spots. Right. Let's be honest. That's true. And a and and the aforementioned and we mentioned it yesterday. Greg Kelly, he flew combat missions in Iraq. I mean, this guy's a former Marine fighter pilot. He stopped taking the subways. Stopped taking the subways. That's how bad they are. And no. that's why. Crime is the reason, one of the reasons why ridership is down, why the city is not recovering. Yep. It all goes back to, as Bo Deedle said, back to, we, we have three problems here in New York City. Crime, crime, and crime. And that's it. And, uh, this, this guy Adams is out there smoking weed with the degenerates out in Hollywood while, while the thing is falling apart here. Yep. I'm sorry. I mean, he's failed us. Let's face it. He's, he, and he has little time, very precious few days to, uh, I mean, to recover. To get back to where he was, his status in January, where he was the golden boy, now he's just another loser. Worse, almost worse than De Blasio at this point, because we had high hopes for him. Yep. And who could have been, who could have been worse than De Blasio? And it's, it's almost starting to turn out to seem like Eric Adams is that guy. It does seem that way. Again, I'm not surprised. I've said it from day one. You're right there with me, Bernard. But uh, he's fooling a lot of people because, according to the New York Post, just this week, his approval rating still hovers around 60%. I'm not sure what those people are seeing. Maybe they're comparing him to de Blasio. I don't know. But the facts are the facts. He's been a terrible mayor uh, 120 days in. Not a lot of time. There's a lot of time to go. But he's been terrible up to this point. Now, talking about John Katsimatidis, I did uh, have a chance to have a nice talk with his daughter, the lovely A.J. Andrea. She's in Kentucky this morning going to a very first ever Kentucky Derby. And I mentioned yesterday, I've done every sport, Bernie. I've been to World Series, Super Bowls, NBA championships. I covered Tiger Woods in the gallery at the U.S. Open in San Francisco and the PGA Championship in Sahala, Washington. I've never been. I've done you know, prize fights, as you know, Bernie, in Vegas. Done them for HBO. I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. And uh, she's uh, actually there this morning. So uh, good time to you, AJ, listening right now from Churchill Downs. But I do remember, listen, not everybody follows horse racing. In fact, very few do. But much like the college basketball finals, for example, right? I mean, Bernie, you admit that very few people are watching Villanova play St. John's in November. But when you get to March, everybody does the pool. Women, secretaries, everybody becomes a college basketball fan in March. Is that fair to say? Well, almost everybody. Yeah, almost I mean, everybody. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, you could you could go with. Uh, I guess you could go with everybody. Yeah, almost I mean, everybody. Right, but but the, the Kentucky Derby is the same thing. People don't watch horse racing all year unless you're like that, like a degenerate like Mike Francesco or Hank Goldberg. But the Kentucky right. Derby comes along and everybody goes. Ah, give me two bucks on Messier. Give me two bucks on Epicenter. And I remember vividly, Bernie. I grew up on East Twenty Second Street and Quentin Road. Uh, by King's Highway, two blocks away from Madison High School, where the great Norm Coleman went to school, and Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders and Naomi Rosenberg. And it was nice back then. You know, it's a little rougher now, but it was nice back then. But there was an OTB on King's Highway, and the only time I was ever nervous walking on King's Highway as a little kid, this is the truth, was when I walked by the OTB. The, oh, the people yeah. standing outside, Bernie, look like they hadn't showered in a 100 years. I saw the same guys every morning in the same flannel shirt in 90-degree temperatures, cigarette hanging out of their mouths. They stunk yep. like beer. They looked like pedophiles. And that was the scene I saw from OTB. You ever go to one of those? Of course, these uh, smoke-filled uh, uh, OTBs. I've been to them in, in the past, yeah. Filled with degenerates, as you say. <laughs> Just these uh, complete total losers, unshaven, uh, you know, the ubiquitous cigarette, as right. you point out. 
<laughs> I mean, just a, just an awful, awful place. But, uh, you know, I mean, well, that, that speaks to what uh, gambling does to some people. Yes. Uh, even legalized gambling. I mean, it's legal, but, uh, you're, you're, they're not breaking the law, but they are, I'm sure they're whittling away their own life savings right there as we, as you look at them standing there. No, some hoping. of them do. Right. But, you know, the difference is when you walk through the casino, they're well dressed. They can be down to the last dollar, right? They lost their house, their car, but they look pretty good. But outside of OTB, they always right. look like it was. They, they should have been in prison. Quite frankly, just bad people. Just I mean, bad people. Seeming, seemingly, anyway. And my dad, Harvey, God rest his soul, never gambled. Right. That was that was the the beauty between me and my father. My father never did drugs. I couldn't do enough drugs. My father never gambled. I gambled on everything. So the idea that all this stuff is genetic, that didn't work with Harvey and Sid. I was a degenerate. My father wasn't. But he would bet the Kentucky Derby every year and the Preakness and the Belmont. And he would take me, little bucktooth asthmatic Sidney Rosenberg, to Kings Highway, and he'd take me into the OTB. And I, I was never more happy to be on my father's side because I thought they were going to kill me there. And as a family, as a family, we would watch the most exciting two minutes in sports, and that was the only exposure I had to horse racing. And then I moved to Miami, as you know, Bernie, at the FAN fired me, did 11 years down there, and there Hank Goldberg is a star. He's like the Mike Francesa, Chris Russo here in New York, and they've got the most gorgeous tracks. Gulfstream in Hallandale is a beautiful track. I mean, it blows away Aqueduct, even Belmont. So down there, it's like a religion. On a very nice weather day, you go to the track and spend all day there. But it's never really a part of my life, and, and I know for you it's kind of the same thing. Never, never Did you even bet the Kentucky Derby ever? Never bet it. I just, uh, uh, every Saturday uh, annually on Kentucky Derby Day around 5 o'clock, 5.30, I remember, hey, it's Kentucky Derby Day, and I yeah. put on Channel 4, yeah. <laughs> and I watch it. That's the extent of my participation That's in that. That's funny. The only track I've ever been to was Yonkers Raceway, because I did live in Yonkers for a number of years, but I went to Yonkers Raceway a couple of times, and, uh, well, I was one of the degenerates betting on horse. Didn't know what what the hell I was doing. But, right. Uh, that's the only track ever. That, that's, uh, you know, I, I can't get into I don't care about horse racing. No. And gambling doesn't grab me the way it does some people, the right. way it does apparently you right. and these guys in the OTBs. Well, doesn't you, grab me like that. You don't have, it's funny because you and I did drugs together. We drank together. This is nothing new. But you don't really have that addictive personality. You are the type that can go party all night long and you put on a pair of sunglasses and go to work the next day. I'd be a whole up in a Howard Johnson's for two days on Ninth Avenue, and and so that's just not your personality. You, you you're able to me. I'm, I I get addicted to everything. If I like it, I'm addicted, and that's not you. So in that respect, you're kind of lucky. I am, and plus, if you lo- I, yeah, I lose a few bucks, um um, you know, I realize I'm going to lose more money. I don't think to myself, oh crap, let me play again. I'm going right. to score then. Right. You know, I know when the when when the when the the gig is up. I know when it's up. And so, uh, you know, but some people, they, they think, uh, you know, just uh, one more roll of the dice and yeah. I'm going to be a rich man. Yes. It doesn't happen. But we're sick. You know, we are sick people. Bro. I hear you. I, I show hear little, you, yeah. You know, a little sympathy. It was sick. Oh, well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to lay out, uh, you know, the difference <laughs> no, in I personalities. Know. Yeah. And the fact that the gambling is legal now, just at the touch of your phone, you can do it. I know. I don't I know, know, man. I don't know. It's I rough. Uh, last thing, I did uh, uh, beg John Katsimatidis. He bought the radio station. He was on. He and I were on together two weeks ago when you were uh, having chemo burn. And he said he, he's, he's buying more stations. And he's going to buy another music station, I think. It actually made the message board. And, I said, well, uh, and then he said he's going to buy a Hollywood studio. He said he already has his leading man, Sid Rosenberg, here in New York. 
well, let's make uh, New York get the money, not Los Angeles and California. He was serious about all this. And I said, well, if you're going to buy all that, you got to buy a horse. And uh, run in the Kentucky Derby. Name it Bernie and Sid. Name it B&S, whatever you want to do. But uh, next year, or two uh-huh. years, in the Kentucky Derby, there needs to be a Bernie and Sid horse owned by John Katsimatidis in the winner's circle at Churchill Downs. How cool would that be? That'd be very, very cool. You know, you got to start off slowly. But uh, it, it, within a couple of years, I, I guess, the horse, I mean, depending on the quality of the horse, he could run it at Saratoga. He yep. could run it at all, uh, all these other cool places. That's right. Belmont, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the Belmont Stakes, but uh, it could be any other day on, at Belmont. But calling it the, the BS uh, horse or no BS horse, I don't know, something like that. Right. I like what I hear. I huh? like what I hear. Well, when we Great say idea. these things, one thing about John Katsimatidis is he makes these things happen. So, folks, don't be surprised if Bernie and I are well represented in a Kentucky Derby sometime in the near future. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That was a great hour number one of radio here. we got three more hours to go. Next hour, Dick Girardi, the voice of Thoroughbred Racing, will stop by, tell you about the Kentucky Derby. We'll talk to Luke Pettigrew in the 9 o'clock hour and all the news, local and national, you need to know. Bernie's got it for you right here. Hour number two of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, about to come your way. Bernie and Sid in the Morning. I got to send a quick shout out to uh, Joe Parisi. You know what, uh, Joe Bernie? You love him. He loves you too. He's, um, yes, I do. I mean, he's basically Mr. Gristidis, basically, and he's he, you know, he's bending over backwards to make sure that uh, Danielle has a great Mother's Day on Sunday. This guy is just—he's the nicest and sweetest guy. He really is a sweetheart. Yes, and he he cannot live without this show. He just can't. Says uh, put a smile on his face every morning, and uh, he's he may be our biggest fan, believe it or not, Joe Parisi. Mr. Gristidis, Mr. D'Agostino's, and the whole thing. Another great member of the Red Apple family. Now, we will break and come back with our number two, Friday morning, pre-Kentucky Derby and Mother's Day with Bernie and Sid. Guess who's back? 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 By the way, well, right now in the control room, you've got Kathy Lopez. She is, she's rocking it. She looks great in there. Frankie Diaz with an E, Luke Lograno, the whole crew. But Gabby just set that set that room on fire. And just going back to yesterday quickly. Easy, easy. I know. Going back to yesterday quickly, we mentioned all these stars. Dolly Parton, Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Lionel Richie. Remember, we played all the music yesterday because they made the Hall of Fame in that same group. Coming up November 5th, this guy right here, Eminem, will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that is the reason why uh, people are rocking out. 
He's a great musician, man. I, I, you and I both love this stuff. I loved it. I went to see Eight Mile back in the day Me too. with my friends. Yep. I mean, uh, I, I actually waited online to go see Eight Mile. Believe it or not, yep, for to see Eminem. But uh, I mean, uh, personally, he's kind of a weirdo, and uh, he's Uh-oh. a nasty uh, Trump hater. You know, so it kind of mitigates my. Uh, oh, my, I hate him. I hate him. He's my a like for the guy. If you I don't know like him saying. at all. He he performed at the halftime show at the Super Bowl this year, and don't forget. Yeah, as bad yeah, as yeah. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre were, he is the only performer that night. And they all hate the cops, including Mary J. Blige. They all hate the cops. He was the only person to take a knee. He's a complete jerk-off. But it's just awful that, you know, you, you develop, uh, you know, a following for certain artists or whatever. And then they turn out to be the, the biggest scumbags possible. And then what do you do? I mean, it's like you kind of, uh, you know, you erase them from your files of music or whatever, or you just ignore their their political beliefs and, and continue to well, listen. Uh, you know why I mean, do why the should I have to be why should I have to be subjected to that crap? Just shut up, man. Just shut up and sing, as Laura Ingram said. Huh? How about that? Well, you're ideally that that would be perfect. You're right. But, uh, you know, I, I subscribe to the latter. I still watch Robert De Niro. I still listen to Barbara Streisand. I still enjoy Eminem's music. But to your point, it is unfortunate that you have to think while you're enjoying it, oh, my God, the horrible people. Just imagine if they stayed away from it and we could just enjoy them for their talents. That's not the case anymore. Absolutely right. That would be ideal. Now, listen, does Sid Rosenberg, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, by the way, you, you can listen to us on the 77 WABC app. I highly urge you to download that app, ladies and gentlemen. Take it two minutes. You will not regret it now. Mr. Katzmatidis on with Stuart Varney on Fox Business yesterday talking crime. Eric Adams out in L.A. Uh, whooping it up with the uh, degenerates, you know, smoking weed while old ladies are getting smacked over the head walking down a subway uh, uh, platform or whatever the hell the case may be. And a lot of the fake news people pretty much downplaying uh, the crime wave that's uh, that we're experiencing. It's real, and it's nationwide. It's happening all over the place, but you don't see much about it. Anyway, uh, as a matter of fact, cut 24, Lou, the Attorney General of the United States, he really, I mean, to his credit, he came down hard. He gave a press conference yesterday, and damn it, he's going to take care of this uh, crime problem. Cut 24, Merrick Garland. Go ahead, Lou. Consistent with the President's executive order on tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad, we are issuing a comprehensive environmental justice enforcement strategy. Communities of color, indigenous communities, and low-income communities often bear the brunt of the harm caused by environmental crime, pollution, and climate change. I mean, I swear to God, he <laughs> makes me want to commit a I mean, crime against I want to go upside his head. I really do. He Talk about the, the, the people of color being affected by something. Oh, it ain't the climate crisis, you stupid old oh, jackass. I mean, how dare these people do that climate crisis? This is the top law enforcement officer in the country, and he, he's nary said a word about crime during his whole tenure. And he's out there talking about the crime. I mean, I swear, it just really just infuriates me. Burns my ass. How about that, Sydney? Uh, now, that. this other guy, I mean, that's just awful, right? Don't you think? The oh, uh, chief terrible. law enforcement, he calls a big conference for some climate crisis and, 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 and uses people of color. The people of color are getting shot in the freaking head, a 12-year-old kid sitting and eating his french fries in a car in Brooklyn, is shot dead. For God's sakes, man. I mean, it's it's happening all over the country in every city. And uh, this guy's done whatever. Anyway, but uh, this other guy, his name is Joe Gamaldi. This guy's great. He's the, the president of the Federal Order of Police, 
He's also a law enforcement officer himself. He said this about the crime wave, which incur- which includes, by the way, carjackings and road rage and stuff like that. Listen to Joe Gamali. I just love this guy's passion. Take a listen. Cut 12, please, Lou. People like to blame the pandemic, but obviously road rage is out of control. But we weren't seeing these huge crime spikes that we saw in other countries that were locked down during COVID. And in fact, this road rage incident mirrors what's going on with violent crime in this country. 2021 was the highest murder rate we had seen in a generation. And of course, right on cue, people are calling for new gun laws. We're not even enforcing the laws we have on the books right now. (laughs) What we really need is DAs and judges to grow a spine and actually prosecute criminals and throw the book at them. Because right now, we have a culture of lawlessness in this country and it's perpetuated by the woke agenda which is no consequences revolving door and it's also carried by media hacks like brian stelter that tell the public oh yeah uh violent crime is just a republican talking point well here's an idea brian why don't you sit your ass next to me in a patrol car and i'll show you just how bad crime is in our communities and then you tell me it's a talking point Oh, my God. You're not, not love oh that my, guy? I want to have sex with that guy. I'm not even gay. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. Absolutely. And, uh, look, uh, it really, the crime problem is bad, and it affects everything. It affects the, 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 the comeback of great cities like New York City. Uh, the crime problem is causing, is stunting the, the economic growth of New York City, the recovery that we, we should be experiencing, and we're not. And a part of it, a large part of it, most, most, mostly affected because of crime, I think. And also, you had these ladies, these hags, on the View, blaming the attack on Dave Chappelle, on Donald Trump. I mean, these people are all wearing blinders. You brought this up yesterday, Lou. This is the clip. Cut twenty, please. The fact that Trump was out there saying uh, things like, just knock the hell out of them, I promise you I'll pay for the legal fees when he had a heckler. I think that Trump unleashed some incivility, at least. Uh, actually, I think we did play that yesterday, but yeah, just we to did. give you an idea. Yeah, that was Behar people... and uh, Sonny Hostin, th- th- those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can you imagine that? I mean, between Merrick Garland and the idiots talking to the common denominator nitwits who are watching them, uh, saying stuff like that, blaming Trump. It's the, By the way, that guy who uh, charged Dave Chappelle, yeah. he's not going to be charged with a felony. Nope. He, he rushed up on, on, with, a, with, a, with a knife disguised as a gun. I mean, he could have really hurt Dave Chappelle. He's going to be charged with a misdemeanor. He'll be out of jail by tonight, maybe. It's absolutely unbelievable. Just to Gamaldi's point, the DAs and the judges, et cetera, these are the people that are responsible. You're going to say something. Go ahead. Sir. No, enjoy Behar, too. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Byrne, you know, Donald Trump did say that, that one time about the heckler, but it was nonsense. How many times did Maxine Waters go on Twitter and encourage people to go out and beat up people. How many nights did we have to go through in the summer of 2020 when they actually did beat up people? So they can talk all they want about January 6th. Yep. And Joy Behar can bring up Donald Trump all she wants, that wretched hag, that witch. It's all nonsense. The one party that demonstrates violence all the time are the Democrats. And by the way, as you've been saying, and you're going to be right again, Bernie, Get ready, because if they're going to start standing outside of Supreme Court justices' houses and do something inside the Catholic Church, there's going to be some brawls. I, for one, would gladly walk over to St. Patrick's this afternoon and kick the living uh, uh, shizzle out of any one of these bastards who tries to desecrate that church. I'll be the first to do it. Uh, Well, we'll get ready, because it's going to happen. I remember back in the day when they uh, were throwing condoms during a church service into St. Patrick's Cathedral of oh all places. Oh, my God. Really? I swear to God, what, throwing what year condoms. Was uh, this is like back in probably the late 90s. Same oh. issue, abortion. Oh, uh, yeah. They, no, they're going to do it again. It's going to happen this weekend, and it's really awful, and it's all facilitated. 
and encouraged by the creeps in the White House. Like uh, we played the clip earlier, Jen Psaki refused to condemn the uh, people who are going to go outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. I mean, it's this whole mentality of Merrick Garland ignoring crime for the climate crisis, you stupid fool, you idiot. <laughs> and so it's the Biden administration is the worst in the history of the United States. They've done more damage. And I've said this for, for months. I, I, I think I was the first to say it. This is the worst uh, administration in the history of the country. I said it like uh, six to eight months in, and now everybody's saying it. Last night, uh, Tucker Carlson had a great synopsis of uh, of what the Biden administration, how, how, how dangerous they've become. Cut 26, Tucker Carlson. Tell me he doesn't nail it here. Go, nail it here. Go ahead, Lou. Our country has never seen anything like what Joe Biden has done. Barely 15 months into his first term as president, Joe Biden has crashed the stock market provoked a food shortage, opened our borders to millions of illegal aliens, presided over historic rises in murder, inflation, and drug ODs, as well as a corresponding plunge in overall life expectancy. And then, because all of that wasn't punitive enough for a country as racist as ours, he dragged the United States into an entirely pointless war with a nuclear-armed power on behalf of a corrupt foreign government that once bribed his drug-addicted son. That's all real. Joe Biden did all of that. And those are just the big, easy-to-measure crimes he has committed. Yes, yeah, so wow. many more, so many more. I, By the I, way, the I stock he, market, you know, the, the stock market. I know you're going to sell us a thousand points today, but but he uh, left out the 13 dead in Afghanistan. Well, maybe uh, in this next, uh, he does another synopsis as well. Uh, you know, and he nails it. All these things, he nails it. Cut 27, Lou, please. Shuttered schools, permanent looting, Latin American levels of wealth inequality, tampons in the boys' bathroom, seven dollar a gallon gasoline, unprecedented race hatred, homelessness, mental illness, suicide. And above it all, across the Pacific Ocean, a Chinese government that's laughing out loud as we destroy ourselves for no reason. I mean, come on. It's all true. It's so true. Uh, we've been covering it here for, you know, what is it now, uh, almost uh, 18 months or what is it, uh, 16 months? Either way, yeah, it's too much. It's too long. And we got too long to go. That's the point. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. And it's going to get worse. And that's why November 2020 is so important, so, so important. Uh, look, a Rand Paul yesterday had this bullheaded fool liar, uh, Mayorkas, on uh, in his crosshairs. Actually, Mayorkas was testifying in front of a Senate committee uh, about the Ministry of Truth, this uh, disinformation board, if you will, that they're calling it, headed by uh, Scary Poppins. Anyway, Rand Paul taking on Mayorkas on this whole thing. Cut nine, please, Lou. I often say that natural immunity from having had the infection is equal to the vaccine or better. Are you going to take that down? There, 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 well, first of all, it's, those are very specific. We can't even agree what disinformation is. This is you well, can't even agree that it was disinformation, that the Russians fed information to the Steele dossier. If you can't agree to that, how are we ever going to come to an agreement on what is disinformation so you can police it on social media? You think the American people are so stupid they need you to tell them what the truth is? You can't even admit what the truth is with the Steele dossier. I don't trust government to figure out what the truth is. Wow. Nor do I. I mean... So we have really smart people in this country, but, uh, I mean, it, it seems like we'd be becoming, uh, you know, just overwhelmed by numbers, by sheer numbers, by these woke tards, these idiots, these brainwashed fools. Uh, and so, and it's kind of scary. I, I mean, I, I don't know if November 2022, even if we take back the House and Senate, if we're, we'll be successful in taking back the country, because numbers-wise, we played yesterday law schools, from law schools to uh, grade schools to uh, universities, these people own all that stuff, and they're brainwashing yep. so many people 
So we could, we like, for example, Donald Trump, he saved the country for four years. But I don't know if we're just postponing the inevitable, the inevitable takeover, or if we can take it back completely. I just don't know what it is. What do you think there, Sidney? I think uh, you make a fair point, and I think the problem is, and I hate to sound like Bill O'Reilly, uh, above and beyond the laws, you know, the, the institutions, the colleges, it's the media. Um, it doesn't matter if you take back the House and the Senate. I mean, it does, obviously, when it comes to legislation and things of that nature. But nothing has changed in the media. We need to find a way to make it a little more fair outside of WABC and Newsmax and two or three shows on Fox News. So all you, and the New York Post, by the way, so all you do is read and listen and watch all this nonsense, no matter who's in power, whether it's Donald Trump, the House, the Senate, or Joe Biden. So until the media is corrected and there's some fairness there, closer to 50-50, it's going to feel, it's going to feel like in this country that guys like you and I are behind the eight ball. Absolutely right. And uh, it, listen, this is Cut 29, Lou. I didn't ask you for this before the uh, segment, but Cut 29, get that ready. Uh, just if you watch this this, uh, this this libs of TikTok is what they call. They call out they 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 find these people on TikTok, and kids are watching TikTok all the time. They're subjected to this stuff, so more brainwashing going on. And by the way, the communist Chinese own TikTok. But here, and and in the most vile, disgusting people. I played these clips before of the teachers with the with the nose rings and the green hair talking about grooming your kids for, you know, transgenderism and maybe for sex with the teachers themselves. Libs of TikTok. But here you have a bunch of these really revolting, disgusting people talking on libs of TikTok about violence this weekend, violence against anybody over Roe versus Wade. Please cut, cut 29, Lou, play that, and it's going to be disturbing, but listen to this. If Roe versus Wade gets overturned, there will be mayhem in these streets. If they actually do this, yeah, uh, that would be the time where rioting would be okay. I got the pitchforks, you get the gas and the torches. Uh, let's do that. Do you ever wake up in the morning and think you just want to burn it all to the ground? And what I mean by burning it all to the ground is those old white men and the women who support them who want to tell me what to do with my body. You think the global protests around George Floyd were big? You just wait when you launch an attack on 50% of the American population. So they have a small sample. I hate to be so negative on a otherwise Friday in May, a happy Friday in May Kentucky Derby, but... It's out there, and it's going to begin this week. And it started this week, past week with the riots in L.A. These same people, these ugly, disgusting, uh, nose-ring-wearing white kids, and there's so many of them that it's kind of scary and depressing. Again, I don't know if we can overcome it, but uh, we're going to try. How about that? We'll, we'll give it the old college try. I like that. Uh, and uh, certainly if you keep it with us, you're going to find out uh, from Bernie and Sid uh, how you can do that. We're going to get back to all this and all the important news of the day, obviously. But Bernie just mentioned an otherwise happy May Day. Rangers win. Mets have that great comeback. Aaron Judge is drinking beers at the uh, at the Ranger game last night. And Bernie mentioned the Kentucky Derby. It is a great American day. Everybody finds themselves betting at least $2 on the, on the big race. Everybody does. So tomorrow is the Kentucky Derby. When we get back... Dick Girardi has been the voice of thoroughbred racing for 37 years. He's now called 36 
consecutive Triple Crown races, 35 consecutive Breeder Cup races, and he is live in Churchill Downs in Kentucky this morning. We'll have some fun with Dick Girardi, a little Kentucky Derby with Bernie and Sid. Right after these short messages. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. So, of course, as everybody knows, tomorrow is one of the great sporting events of the year, the Kentucky Derby. I've said Many, many times I've covered everything, Major League Baseball World Series and Stanley Cup Finals, NBA Finals. I've done it all. I've covered Tiger in the gallery at the U.S. Open, but I've never, ever been to the Kentucky Derby, something I'd love to do. Well, my next guest covers it uh, forever. In fact, I spent the last 35 years covering Triple Crown races, 36 years covering the Breeders' Cup, and for 37 years has become one of the more distinguished thoroughbred handicappers in the sports history, and that's my friend Dick Girardi. Dick, welcome back. How are you, pal? I'm great, Sid. I hope you're doing well. I am doing well. You know, I want to, I want to talk to you about the sport in general. You know, I've had the opportunity to work in New York with a guy like Mike Francesa. He owned horses. He'd be sitting there with Chris Russo handicapping, you know, Finger Lakes on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> and then down in Miami, I worked at the same station with Hank Goldberg, another guy, you know, I've never been that guy. I, I've been the guy. I hop in during the, the, the Triple Crown races, the Breeders' Cup. It's a big deal um, there. But I'm not going to be at Aqueduct, for example, on a Tuesday afternoon. And I think more fans are like me. You tell me, overall, how is the sport of horse racing doing these days? Well, it's interesting. At the top levels, it's probably never been stronger. Like, Keeneland just came off a record meet for handle. The Triple Crown races have never been more popular. The Derby, they can't build enough new buildings down here to house all the people that want to come. So at the top of the game, it's as probably healthier than it's ever been. The issue overall for the game is it's an event-driven sport without enough big events. Like, like you pointed out, like a, a Thursday at Aqueduct is just not going to get anybody all that excited or a, a regular day at Finger Lake. So there's too much of the product. Uh, on a daily basis and not enough where you're going to get some attention from somebody like you who's a casual follower of it. But again, at the top of the game, the purses are great uh, and the, the action is great and people can't wait to get, I I got to Kentucky yesterday uh, by the weekend. I mean, this will be just like one of the largest cities in America, Louisville, because they're coming from all over the world. You know, I've got some friends, uh, they annoy me, to be honest, but they're, you know, they yell and scream about the horses, you know, at least I live right by Central Park, and the horses in the carriage, and they thought it was abusing the horses, and we're not that far removed from this real big controversy, Bob Baffert's horse, 
Medina Spirit removed as the winner of last year's Kentucky Derby. He's suspended, by the way. He's still not active at this point. A lot of folks out there think that uh, what people do to the horses isn't right. I mean, look, again, I don't care. I enjoy the sport, sort of millions of others. But is that going to be an issue, you think, moving forward with this specific sport? Well, I, I think it's an issue for the general public uh, because, look, let's deal in reality. What did they see after Medina Spirit a week after? They saw Derby winner uh, under investigation for illegal drugs. And, that, and that's it. That's the headline. The reality was Medina Spirit had something called betamethasone, which is an anti-inflammatory in his system. It's a therapeutic medication. It's not a performance enhancer. And you can uh, train a horse with it. it the, the drug just can't be in a horse's system on race day. And the mistake the barn made, the Baffert barn made, was it was in this ointment that they were given the horse for a skin condition. Now, why in the world somebody in the barn didn't know that there was a possibility that they could get a positive test is an unanswered question. Mm-hmm. But I think Baffert is more, uh, how shall we say this delicately, like stupid <laughs> than like some, some nefarious, uh, awful human being that was yeah. trying to fix the Kentucky Derby. But that's not what the public thinks. Right. The public thinks he's Lance Armstrong, and he's not. Right. And, uh, you know, again, he is one of the greatest trainers of all time, arguably the best. And there are two horses in this race that were his. We'll get to that in a second. Baffert, by the way, is eligible to come back from suspension July 2nd. So Del Mar comes into play for him in uh, in late July. But uh, this horse, Messier, I, I actually thought Mark Messier owned it. I really did. I called Mark Malusis. I'm like, hey, does Mess own that horse? And he said, <laughs> no. Uh, but right now it's 8-1. to one. It's your third choice. And uh, Taiba, 12-1 to one shot, your fourth or fifth choice. These were both Baffert horses. Now, of course, uh, they belong to uh, Tim Yakteen, who was a former Baffert uh, assistant. So uh, being that these were Baffert horses, uh, it kind of raises some interest because I think there will be people – that for some reason, for some reason, are going to miss the white-haired gentleman come Saturday afternoon. Well, I don't guess any doubt about that. It's interesting. When I was on the back stretch uh, on uh, on Wednesday morning, it, I walked by the Baffert barn. It's 33. He's the same barn he's been forever. And when you go by years past, there'd be like 50, 100 people waiting to talk to him. Well, there's nobody there. And wow. the signs, like American Pharaoh wanting the, winning the Triple Crown, Justify, Silver Charm, all his derby winners, the signage is all off. So it was like a ghost town. It was very weird. And you're right. He is missed. He's the face of the sport. And I just think some of the people at the top of the sport have made a big mistake in, like, pointing their finger. It would be like, it would be like the commissioner, Adam Silver, saying LeBron James is the problem with our sport. I just think they've, they've made a, a gigantic miscalculation. Yeah. Uh, yes, Baffert deserved to be suspended. I don't know about 90 days. I don't have a huge problem with them taking the purse away uh, because, look, the, the rule is in Kentucky, you can't have it in your system on race day. Right. But to make him into this awful uh, person, it, it, all the ills of the sport, I, I just think they're, I think they're making a huge public relations mistake. And for Churchill Downs, I get why they're upset because it messed with their race. I do understand that. I just thought the two-year suspension was a bit much. And for New York to follow with that stupid hearing officer that they had that knew nothing about horse racing, that was just – he made it sound like Bapper. Again, was nobody had ever done what he'd done. Yeah. This, is like a, this is like a misdemeanor. This is not – in horse racing terms, this is nothing compared to what some people have done in the past. Dick Girardi, 37 years as horse racing's top handicapper, whether it's the Breeders' Cup, 
the uh, Triple Crown any, any given day at any horse track across America. He is the best in the business. Kentucky Derby coming up on Saturday. I did mention uh, Messier. Uh, that's a horse that uh, a lot of people like. I, I asked uh, Mark Malusis this morning. He's kind of my guy when it comes to the Derby. He likes Zandon. He likes Epicenter and Charge It. Who are a couple of the horses that you think have a really good shot of winning on Saturday? Right, so my number one top pick is Epicenter. I, I just think just everything about him just is screaming. Well, will you He's do me a favor a when, when you mention the name of the horse like Epicenter? Because a lot of folks yeah. just go bet numbers. Give us a number yep. of the horse too. Yep, yep, number three, Epicenter. And I actually like. It's interesting. I like his post position because I think it's going to kind of force the rider Joe Rosario to get him out there early. And I much prefer a horse with early speed in this race to get away from the gigantic 20-horse field. Everybody says, well, the 20-horse field is a problem. Well, it's not a problem if you have speed because 17 of them are behind you, right? So I do like Epicenter. Uh, Zandon is solid, number 10, no problem with him. Charge it, you mentioned the Mark like is number 8, also a serious contender. i tell you what, Wednesday morning when I was out for the workout, uh, crowd pride, the Japanese horse, was incredible. Hmm. in his final work before the race. I, I just like, whoa, you know, look out. So I think he's a contender at 20. Uh, you mentioned the two former Baffert horses, now Yakteen. Uh, Tape is number 12 and, and is certainly a contender. Messier, the six. I think there's a chance Messier could be in front. Uh, Johnny Velasquez, right. If you remember, said the last two derbies, Johnny Velasquez finished first both yes. times by going wire to wire, authentic. Yes and then Medina Spirit last year. And last one, you know, the, the Belmont here is such a big deal in New York, but, of course, it means nothing once we split the Derby with the Preakness, and you may get 100,000 people, but the, the, the really the folks don't care. So, you know, we had this great run in the 70s. You know, you had Secretariat, you had Seattle Slough, Cawthon and Affirmed in 1978. Then we had this 37-year drought before American Pharaoh did it again in 15. Justified did it again in 18. But it's like every year there were horses that won the first two legs. You know, Gary Stevens' horses, Kenton Stormer horses. And, and it, meant for the, it meant it was so exciting for the Belmont, but something always happened charismatic. It always fell apart. Do you think there's a horse in this race that can very well be the next Triple Crown winner? I don't. I, I just don't see a horse along the caliber of the ones you talked about, certainly from the 70s, or American Pharaoh would justify. Yeah, I don't see a horse say as good as Smarty Jones, a horse that should have won the Triple Crown and got denied. Uh, I think they're evenly matched, so I'd be surprised if one of these is able to win all three. But you know what? That's the fun of it, right? We'll uh, we'll see who wins on Saturday, and then in two weeks we'll go to I'll go to Pimlico, and and if again if it's the same horse, you're right. The Belmont is a much, much bigger deal when there's no works going for the Triple Crown. Well, let's talk again, Dick, before the next big race in Baltimore in a couple of weeks. But uh, this was a great conversation. I love talking to you maybe once or twice a year, but it's always really interesting and really good. So enjoy the Derby coming up tomorrow. And you and I again are talking a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you. My man, Dick Girardi, again, covering this uh, sport, the best at it, 37 years, 36 Kentucky Derbies, 35 Breeder Cups. Breeders' Cup, I should say, nobody better than Dick Girardi. We'll take a short break. More of Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC right after these short messages. Ladies and gentlemen, traffic and sports coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra with your host Joe Piscopo every Sunday night starting at 6 on Music Radio 77 WABC this weekend. Margo and John Katzmatidis, who Sid and I both dearly love, they join Joe Piscopo Sunday night at 6 o'clock for a Mother's Day special on Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra. Take it away, Lou. 
My mom, we lost her 45 years ago. Mm. But the one memory I, I always had, no matter how tough people think I am, yeah. I, I remember when I was a young child and I could not go to sleep at night unless my mom was there having oh. her arm around me. Oh. And I would oh. hold on to oh, her man. arm until I fell asleep. Yeah, wow, that is beautiful. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mama said, Mama said. Yeah, she did. Oh, Mama, that was so sweet of uh, Mr. Katsimatidis talking about his mom and how she she sort of put him to sleep. Very, very moving stuff here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Ahead of Mother's Day in the Kentucky Derby on Sunday. Listen, we're heard on the 77 WABC app. Download that app, ladies and gentlemen. You won't regret it. It also simulcasts out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Are Bernie and Sid and the rest of WABC. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's it's a weekend in May, ladies and gentlemen. It's a good time, a very very good time. But there were also uh, some bad things happening out there. Uh, Sid, I don't know if you heard this. Samuel Alito, he of the the opinion draft, saying that they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court Justice Sam Alito, he actually canceled a public appearance yesterday because of the danger that he's facing, he and the other uh, justices, the five justices, actually six Roberts is included in that. But anyway, he canceled the public appearance, and uh, so this is the big deal, folks, over the weekend. This weekend they're going to they're gonna disrupt church services, and they're also going to go to the Supreme Court justices' homes. They've been doxxed. They've been doxxed. Their addresses are out there, and these mutts with the nose rings are going to go out to their homes. And uh, Jen Psaki, uh, the imbecile in chief's spokesperson, she was asked about it yesterday, and, well, it didn't seem like she cared that much. Cut one, please, Lou. Women in the world have conducted sex strikes in history. Oh, I'm sorry, 20- yes. Cut, it's cut seven. It's cut seven. Go ahead. A lot of the kids came out to me like, oh, well, I'm non-binary, and a couple kids said, oh, well, I'm bi. One kid said they're gay. Actually, it's cut five. How- We're off to a good start. Cut five. Go ahead. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So, so he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it. We, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. Can you imagine that? So they're concerned with the climate crisis and, uh, you, you know, all kinds of other ancillary, meaningless things. And uh, the Supreme Court justices, they're in danger this weekend. There's no government, uh, official government position. There's no statement put out saying, please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, stay away from these people's homes. Nothing, nothing, because they're down with these nose ring wearing types. They're really down with them, or they're afraid of them. It really is bad. And uh, also you had this uh, a congressman, his name is Seth Moulton. I believe this creep ran for president as well from Massachusetts. Seth Moulton, you remember that? Remember that name, Sid? Seth Moulton uh, does it ring a bell? I don't know. I, uh, maybe in he, the primary, yes. I, I think you're right. He did. He did. Well, he said this about the the Ukraine war uh, that we're supposedly involved in. Cut twenty five, Lou. 
If they wrap this in the Senate uh, with a Ukraine funding and a COVID funding, you guys okay with that, Congressman Moulton? Look, I'm going to support it because it's the right thing to do for Ukraine. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of politics involved, and there will be domestic debates here at home about other policies and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we've got to realize we're at war. And we're not just at war to support the Ukrainians. We're fundamentally uh, at war, although it's somewhat through a proxy, with Russia, and it's important that we win. Now, did you realize we were at war with Russia? Did you have any idea? <laughs> no, no I, I, I did not know. No. Uh, this is unbelievable. And by the way, <laughs> yeah. the, the Washington, excuse me, the NBC News, and I believe it was the, uh, actually it was the New York Times, not the Washington Post, NBC News and the New York Times, and the Biden administration confirmed it, that they used the United States intelligence, the Ukrainians did, to sink that Russian ship. So we're bragging about that. We should just shut the hell up. I mean, the, these right. idiots... Are, are really hell-bent on getting us into World War III, a nuclear war with Russia. Can you believe they admitted it and they said, yeah, that was us, that we, we were the ones who provided the intel? Shut your mouth about it. Keep it on the DL. I mean, these people don't know what they're doing, or maybe they do. Again, uh, and this guy, Seth Moulton, a congressman, we're at war with Russia. Oh, okay. And also the economy. I mean, the, uh, Biden was talking about how they cut the deficit, which I don't believe anyway. But he was talking about how we cut the deficit, blah, blah, blah. I mean, uh, is that going to help the truck driver at the gas pump? And he's going to say, well, you know, $6 a gallon gas, but they cut the deficit. That's a good thing. So anyway, the economy is continuing to get worse and worse. It actually shrank, as you know, the last quarter. Shrinkage. Shrinkage on the part of the United (laughs) States gross domestic product. Really, it's unbelievable. Uh, Newt Gingrich sounding the alarm. It's going to get a lot worse. And by the way, the, the market down a thousand points yesterday. But uh, Newt Gingrich cut twenty three. Uh, uh, Newt Chicken Little Gingrich, play the clip, please, Lou. Look, I think every place from going to the gas station to going to the grocery store, which, by the way, by September will be a bigger story than gasoline. Food prices are going to go up all summer. On a worldwide basis, they're going to be genuine crises, and hundreds of millions of people are going to be at risk in places like India, the Middle East, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. I think people have no idea how bad the food situation is going to get by this summer and how expensive it's going to be by September. We lived through this with Jimmy Carter. It ended up being called stag. And people added up the unemployment rate and the inflation rate and turned it into the misery index by adding the two numbers together. Uh, We have a grave danger of uh, being worse off in another year or a year and a half than we were under Jimmy Carter. Good times. Gloom and doom. But listen, if it's reality, at least we can prepare for it. Our audience, anyway, will be in the know. Even though the you know they're putting a smiley face on on the disastrous uh, events that are unfolding, uh, is the Biden administration and, and his people. But there you have Newt Gingrich. I would take stock and uh, prepare for the, the coming crisis. Now, also, I played earlier. Uh, Mayorkas was on the uh, in front of the Senate, one of these Senate committees yesterday, and he was being grilled about the Truth Ministry of Truth, also about this uh, woman, Scary Poppins who heads the Ministry of Truth. She's a, a total lunatic, a dingbat, a radical partisan. She is on tape. I could play the tape. I'm not going to do it. Denying that the, steep, the deep state exists. Critical race theory is not real. Teachers are not grooming kids for sex and transgender nonsense, all of this crap. Anyway, uh, he was being grilled by, in this case, Josh Hawley and then Senator Kennedy, who we love, and he got a, a precocious... Mary Poppins reference in there. He's pretty funny. Did Senator Kennedy cut three? Hawley, Kennedy, 
and Mayorkas. Go ahead. She has, for starters, consistently misinformed the public about the Hunter Biden laptop story and spread the lie that it was Russian propaganda. She has used social media and the public to launder propaganda herself. Were you aware of this information when you chose her? Everything I, I've just shown you? I was not. What, how could you not be? Uh, uh, did you do any research on her? Was the department aware of her TikTok videos? Uh, Senator, um, uh, I Th- was... They're really quite precocious. Um, uh, Senator, <laughs> um, I was not... He was not. I mean, it's, the incompetence is just staggering, but that was funny. She is really quite precocious, says uh, Senator Kennedy to <laughs> yeah. Scary Pop. Yeah. He's pretty good. Hey, listen, let's segue to something just a little lighter. Uh, not not m- by much, but it is Hollywood, and it's ugly. It's Amber Heard. A lot of people are starting to fixate on it again because she is now testifying. Uh, well, at least she tes- testified the last couple of days. I think they're going to take a break today, but it got really, really ugly yesterday, her talking about some of this stuff. Uh, please play cut, teen, uh, cut 15. Will you hear this lady narrating it? Cut 15. Go ahead. The jury heard about a now infamous trip the couple took to Australia in 2015. That's the one when part of Johnny Depp's finger was cut off, and Heard says she was sexually assaulted. Amber Heard gave brutally graphic testimony about an alleged sexual assault involving a vodka bottle. Heard says she suffered at the hands of Depp while the couple was staying in Australia. I've never been so scared in my life. It It was black. I couldn't see him. And he was looking at me, and I was trying to get through to him. I was trying to say to him in some way that it was me. I was trying to get through to Johnny, and I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him at all. So the, uh, really bad, really, really bad. Now, it's funny. We'll talk about it on the other side of this clip. They attended the Met Gala, of all places, a few years ago. Did Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. And if you wonder what happens after the Met Gala when these stars come out, listen to this clip. The same lady narrating, narrating, excuse me, and the Amber Heard talking about the Met Gala and the subsequent events. Cut 17, little please. Heard also testified that earlier in their relationship, Depp broke her nose after the Met Gala in 2014. But I remember that what started it is this accusation that I had been flirting at this event. Uh, we get back to the hotel room. Um, and Johnny shoves me, and at some point he just whacks me in the face. And I had not, at the time, been, like, I didn't, I think that was the first time I was like, is this a broken nose? Oh, my God. Really bad. By By the way, she was definitely flirting. He shouldn't put his hands on her, ever. Man should never touch a woman under any circumstances, unless she stabs you, of course. But, uh, she was definitely flirting. No question. Uh, probably, but, uh, <laughs> as you as you point out, yeah, that's what women do. But uh, he should be more confident, I right? Mean, he's Johnny I mean, Depp. That's, a, that's how women display their personalities. They flirt a little bit, I right. guess. I don't know, right. but either way, yeah. he couldn't take it. He was he's way over the top with his jealousy. See, I'm not the only and, one, Burn. I'm not the only one, buddy. See, even Johnny Depp. No, no, no. I, he takes it a step further that. than me. I would never, ever, 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 ever put my hands on a woman. Never have. Never will. But um, just when you thought I was the most jealous guy, here comes, uh, and he, he's the man. He's Johnny Depp. I'm just a dopey radio host. But, you know, it's, uh, it's true. But uh, you're not just a dopey. But either way, uh, jealousy exists. It, it depends on how far these guys take it, or us guys take it, I should say. 
But the attorney, Mark Garagos, now this is funny. A lot of women are coming down hard on Amber Heard. Why? And but Well, because women are harsher on women. Listen true, to attorney true. Mark Garagos uh, assess this. Cut 18, please, Lou. They've got, I'm told, seven young males who are on that jury, and I think that that's a hard row for Johnny Depp to overcome. Women are generally harder on women. Mm. Every case I've ever tried, that has been proven true. I, I think in a case like this, if you've got a predominantly young male jury, that uh, presents problems for Team Depp. So and, and to that point, the women in my life, are, are believe Johnny Depp, and they not not inclined to believe Amber Heard really? quite so much. Yeah, believe that or not. Terrible. Uh, That's terrible. What about the Me Too movement? Come on. Well, I mean, it was, but a, a girl can be lying. No, that's can, true. Can she not? Well, and uh, we the whole male, vodka we, bottle thing, I thought she may have been lying. But I have to tell you that I'm, uh, I'm more inclined, and I'm not there yet. I'm not made a decision yet. But right now, I'm on uh, Amber Heard's side, I think. To uh, Garagos's point, I mean, uh, males tend tend to uh, believe the women and i guess it's the opposite way around with yeah, women towards yeah, towards women true. i'm not sure but uh, in any case that's where we stand with the amber heard johnny depp getting a lot of attention fox news broke into their programming yesterday <laughs> and actually broadcast that right although not broadcast but they put that on their cable they showed uh, it. yeah can you believe that? No, I, I, uh, I, where's judge napolitano now baby how where is he yeah. at least Dershowitz is in <laughs> right, right. There were a lot of people, but it, 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 because the cameras, if there were no cameras, nobody would give a rat's ass. True. It's just that it's it's, it's a, sort of an inside look into these Hollywood, uh, you know, these Hollywood elites, and uh, that's why people are fascinated. Always have been. This is no exception. But the sordid allegations, wow, very, very disturbing. Here on the Bernie and Sid show, hour number two in the books here, Sydney, and we got two more hours to go on this Friday before the Kentucky Derby and Mother's Day. So, ladies and gentlemen, keep it where it is. We're coming right back. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WABC. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and Classic course with no name, America, 804, on your rainy Friday morning, the day before the Kentucky Derby. Right now, the uh, favorite, well, you got two of them, really, the 10-horse Zandon and the three-horse Epicenter, both about three to one. And then you've got the six-horse Messier, which has nothing to do, believe it or not, with Mark Messier, going off now at about seven or eight to one. And uh, we're just looking over to the left We've got the TVs on. We've got everything on here from CNN, MSNBC, Channel 5, and Fox News. You know, it's one thing for Janice Dean to be out there live in Churchill Downs, which she is. She's on the track right now wearing those stupid hats. But then, you know, Brian Kilmeade, who is celebrating a birthday today. So Brian is on after me and Bernie every day at 10 o'clock. Happy birthday, Brian. But for Brian and uh, Peter Ducey, oh, excuse me, his father, Steve Ducey, 
And I don't know who the uh, the brunette is, Bernie. You probably do. It's not Ainsley to be sitting in those studios wearing those stupid Kentucky Derby hats. I mean, why? I mean, we don't do that, do we? You and I never. Uh, well, we're, we're, a well, we are on the WABC Radio TV, right? But uh, they're trying to, you know, nobody's going to accuse them of racism. Like yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. You put on a sombrero to celebrate that day. They accuse you of racism. Oh, that's true. So now you try to compensate. <laughs> uh, you can you can actually wear an outfit without being accused of a, a hate crime. For God's sake, that's true. So they take advantage of it. Come on, take it easy. No, you're, you they're know, having you're, fun. No, you're right What's about the matter that. With you? No, you're right. You are a thousand What's the matter percent. With you? Come on, get the damn hat in here, Luke. Luke, by the way, claims he doesn't really know much about horse racing. Not a horse racing enthusiast, but he knows all the horses and. Well, he certainly ain't a jockey. That I can tell you. <laughs> that is funny, but and he I had... love Luke. No, nah, no, but that was funny. I'm sorry. That was, that was good. That uh, was. But he says he's actually tried a mint julep. Now, now, why would that be the case? A mint julep? Because like you have to do it on the derby, right? Like they just have pictures of it whenever you go to like someone's but house. But where do get... you get it in New York? Like, where, where would you even get that? I don't get them in New York. I would either get them at someone's house. Right. And they made their you own, or I'd go to a yeah, bar. Yeah, I was, How about a bar? You don't get, a bar? You, you don't get it. They mix. You, you got to mix it. I don't even know what it's it is. Con- it's a concoction, is what it is. It's, it's you don't get mint julep. You make <laughs> it. It's a concoction. What the hell it is? <laughs> have you ever had one? A mint julep, Lou? You can ask the bartender. I know. To make have it. you ever had one though? I, I, no. No. Lou, he hasn't been in the bar for a while. Right. I haven't been to a bar in twenty years. What about a gin and tonic? Have you ever ordered something like that? Of course I have. Yes. Thousands of them. Okay. That's like that. Know what's made it. If you want to know yes. what's made of, they have this wonderful thing called Google. Yeah, and uh, you, you can go to bang.com. You can go to duckduckgo.com if you, you don't want this woke, woke Google thing. But it's true. You can do that, and you can find out what how a mint julep is made. Have you ever had one, Bernard, a mint julep? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And uh, they're awful, terrible. Awful. Okay. Give me, give me chocolate, chocolate chip, mint ice cream. Now we're talking. Uh, I, I don't want a damn mint julep. And by the way, those hats are stupid. They're, 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 <laughs> Wait they're a ridiculous. second. I want you to have they some rid- fun. I don't understand. They are ridiculous. <laughs> uh, look, but if if I was on TV and it was Kentucky Derby Day, I'd slap on no, a you would like not. that. No, Just, you, you know, wouldn't. For, for, no. The, for, the, for the hell of the fun, as they say. It would be hood. funny. I do remember watching you on television before um, you and I got this dream job together, January 27, 2016, my Rain Man moment, uh, I remember watching you the year before. It was a beautiful night. I was in my living room in Boca Raton, Florida. I had the doors open to my pool, mind you. And you were, you were in, uh, in Times Square wearing a skull cap and, and clearly freezing your ass off. You were brilliant. And I mean that. I don't just blow smoke up your ass. You were so funny with the crowd and doing all that stuff. But, man, you look so uncomfortable. And for that one moment, I was like, maybe I'll stay. And then, of uh-huh. course, the next day you and I spoke on the phone and I couldn't wait to leave. But uh, you were great. To, and you wore a hat then. You wore a hat on television. Well, thank you, Sydney. That was New Year's Eve. And, uh, uh, yeah, one of well, I, I think I did it for three years running. But uh, that was one of those nights. But, yes, it was fr- it was frigid is what it was. Uh, uh, you know something about frigid, don't you? Uh, <laughs> It was really, really, really cold, uh, but it was good. I wasn't wearing a ridiculous hat like no, that. No, no. Though I used to, as the Cardinal, I would wear the uh, yes. FedEx hat. So yes. who, who, am I to, who am I to speak? I got to tell I you. shut up. You should, but the Cardinal, and I know we put the Cardinal to rest. That was an Imus thing and, and all that. And, and you've told the audience time and time again, even though they're still asking for it years and years later. But if he was ever, ever, ever going to make a comeback, today might have been the day, only because of the hate that's being directed 
towards the Catholic Church, towards Catholic people over this uh, Roe versus Wade stuff, this ridiculous group that has attached Ruth Ginsburg's name to it, even though Ginsburg is on record saying she thought Roe versus Wade was bad law. So if there ever was a day for the Cardinal to make a comeback, Bernard, it may have been today. It could be today. But, again, you, you know, to, to do comedy, uh, you have to be, be able to, you know, push the boundaries. Yeah. And to, in this day and age, I can't push the boundaries. Plus, it's, it's time-consuming to write co- to write uh, comedy. Very, very time-consuming. I have I don't have enough time in the day. I mean, I have all the time in the day to research what I do to write comedy on top of it. It's too much. And, and these days, again, to be funny, you have to uh, you have to take risks. Yep. And uh, more times than not, in the past incarnation at WABC with the old management, whenever I took a risk, uh, they it, subsequently, inevitably. Subsequent to the risk that I took, they'd be calling me in the office saying, you know, we got a couple of complaints here. I'm yeah. like, okay, you know what? The, the days of me trying yeah. to be funny, yeah. off the cuff maybe, we'll yeah. do it. But I'm not going to write any crap. I'm not going to waste my time only to be called in the office to say, you know, we got a couple of calls yeah. complaining about no, this. You're here. right. I mean, I, was, I never worry about that. You do more than me. I don't care. But uh, it is un- unnerving. And the guy that really did that was Dave Labrosi. And I only bring him up. He was well, a before, program. Before, even before, before him, him, Craig Swab. Even Craig, Craig Swab. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I remember Labrosi with the Jill uh, bitch. He would go down to Penn Station and talk to people. And he would want to set himself on fire every week that she did that. But I bring him up because I actually got a text from our former program director, Dave Labrosi, on Wednesday morning, and it said two words, go pens. And that's because he left us at WABC, he's asked to leave, and he ended up in Pittsburgh. And that's his, he loves Pittsburgh, he's always been a Pittsburgh guy, he's a Penguins fan, and he actually sent me a text, go pens on Wednesday morning. So there's your uh, Dave Labrosi uh, uh, mention yeah, well, and, and that whole thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad for him. He was, he was a nice guy. He I mean, is a nice guy. You know, maybe not 100% knowing what he was doing uh, necessarily, uh, but a very yeah, nice person, yeah, a very yeah, nice man. Yeah. I mean, the whole program, the right thing, and I mean, he's doing a nice job, but you know how I feel. I mean, if these guys had all the answers, they'd be hosting this show. There's a reason why you and I get the big money to host these shows, and when somebody who doesn't do it tells me how to do it, I'm sorry. I'm going to sound like a dick right now, but no one knows more about radio than me and you. Nobody. Nobody. And no kid's going to tell me what to say, what to do. No Dave Labrosi, no Craig Schwab, no Eric Spitz, none of them. But they, they hire these people and give them a decent amount of money and, and put them in these positions. And you have to yes them to death until eventually you're like, all right, enough already. Shut up. Jesus. If you knew all the answers, you'd be doing this job. Is that crazy? Well, uh, yeah, well it's not crazy at all. But, uh, <laughs> uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll Which give you, I'll, going around? I'll give you, uh, well, listen, listen. I know where he's going to go. Go ahead, Barney. Go ahead. Uh, uh, look, look, LeBron James has a coach. Yeah, but he doesn't uh, listen. You know, the, these athletes, they all have coaches. Uh, right. Tom Brady has a coach. And that's what that that's the model, the paradigm, if you will. Kyrie of, Irving. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, but, but, a, but but to your here's a, I'm going to knock down your point. To, to, You're to right. Program director. They they all have coaches, but the really great players, they coach themselves. LeBron James doesn't listen to the coach. Tom Brady. Now, that's not right because, right. Ide- no, you're right. Ideally, Bernie, they've got a boss and they should listen. But the great players, they don't listen. They coach them. Like LeBron James coaches a team and plays. Yeah, it helped the Nets a lot. <laughs> it really well, did. Well, we listen. don't need a coach. We'll have, do it ourselves. At the Lakers do this year, sir. Yeah. yeah well, he's, he's won four championships, guys. Calm down. They right. played out of you, Luki. Yeah, they played out of you. What's well, going on with the Mets right now? Well, Buck Walt is a great oh, manager. You, you but, 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 but the Mets don't have an all-time great on their team. They don't have a Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, he's a tell Billy Martin, go up yourself. 
and he hit three home runs in one World Series game. Hey, talking about sports, though, <laughs> and talking about Reggie Jackson. You put me in my yeah, place. <laughs> yeah, wow. so shut up. Um, I think one of the highlights of last night's Ranger game was not just a win, but Bernie and I both said, in fact, about two hours ago already, that's how great the show was moving so quickly, that one of the best moments of last night's Ranger game was that three Yankee players. Yankees were off yesterday. They host Texas at the stadium later on tonight. Three Yankee players at the Ranger game wearing Ranger jerseys and downing beers on television. What? Downing yeah. beers? And uh, great. It was great. And if you missed it, here is Sam Rosen right in the middle of the Ranger game getting pumped up about Yankee baseball. <laughs> the Yankees are in the house. Anthony Rizzo on your left. Aaron Judge in the middle. And D.J. LeMahieu on the right. That's the top three men in the batting order. LeMahieu, Judge, and Rizzo. How about that? He even knew the batting order for the Yankees. Isn't that great, Pretty Sam good. Rosen? Pretty damn good. He is hey, good. Hey, you know what? The, the, the observation I make, the, these guys like Aaron Judge and LeMahieu, and to a lesser extent, Rizzo, they're huge. They're baseball players. Yes. And they're like, uh, you know, they're like, uh, I don't know, wrestlers, for God's yes. sakes. They look that this. Most of these baseball players, now that I'm back watching the games, these guys are, are humongous. I mean, they look, Stanton, he's like uh, he's oh, a monster, he's huge. for God's yes. sakes. Yes, Well, those uh, two so, guys specifically, you're right, Bernard. Stanton and Judge are both immense men, huge human beings. Yeah, and even the, uh, the other players as well, for the most part. They're not these scrawny uh, Bud Harrelson types no. that we had in the yeah. past. These, yeah. are, these yeah. are big dudes, man. Yeah. These are yeah. you know power players is what they are. So it just struck me as that watching the games in the recent weeks, how big they are, uh, how big they've become. Uh, and it, it, ain't, it ain't roids. It's just, uh, I mean, power and hitting the home runs, I guess, is what they put a premium on these days. Uh, no, 100, that's what people want to see, right? You remember those old commercials, Bernie, the, the chicks dig the long bowl with Greg Maddox and over 10 yeah. years ago. So you're right, right, right. That's what folks do want to see. You know, there was a, a funny moment during the, uh, the TNT broadcast last night. I know you love those guys, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Ernie Johnson, and uh, we both love Charles Barkley. So they're doing the NBA playoff games, which nobody cares about, especially here. There's no Nets or Knicks. Uh, but they, they brought the Stanley Cup. Remember you talked yesterday, Bernie, that you actually at one point held the Stanley Cup? Oh, yeah. I can't remember it clearly. Lou, you remember when the Stanley Cup came to uh, WFM? Yeah, right? I got pictures with Ed Scazzeri and uh, you. There you go. Yeah, there you great. go, Sydney. There wow. you go. In I've that beautiful I, basement of the story. I've never held That's the right. cup, so I'm actually jealous of both you guys, Bernie and Lou. Well, they brought the Stanley Cup and the Tampa Bay Lightning, if you guys are interested. They are still in the playoffs. They're tied 1-1 in their second-round series. They've won the last two Stanley Cups, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They brought the cup to the TNT Studios and Charles Barkley wouldn't touch it. Shaq put it over his head. Ernie Johnson put it over his head. Kenny Smith put it over his head. And Barkley, it was really weird. Sounded like this. Oh, he, he know he know I can't touch it. Can't touch I would it. never touch that. Yeah, I'm you, surprised Chuck. Yeah. No, you know I would not. never touch that. You're, you're you don't want to touch it. I would never touch it, uh, a championship trophy. Why? That's just a rule. I, anybody knows that. Yeah. Why? Well, even if it's not your right. sport, even yep. if it's not your sport, even it's right. not my sport. Yep. Okay. Well, listen. that's a rule. He's so jaded that he had that Hall of Fame career and never won a championship, only played for one with Phoenix and lost to Michael Jordan, that he won't touch any other championship. That's terrible. He said, That's awful. He says, everybody know that rule. <laughs> I don't know that everybody know that rule. I don't think they do. I never heard of it before. I don't either. But then I, 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 mean, I never heard of it. But I said to Luke Legrano this morning, doesn't everybody know when you walk on an airplane, you always walk on the plane with your right foot 
first. Why? I don't know. So you don't know that either? I've never heard that. How about that. you, Bernie? Have ne- you heard that? Ne- no, never did, but uh, everybody knows. I- I'm, not su- I'm not surprised that, that <laughs> it's something out there. Two out of three well, don't know it. But, he, but, but, see, but that's the point. Like we, we can come up with ten things right now where you can say everyone knows it, and no one knows it. Nobody. But we just throw it out there like everyone knows it. Like I did this morning. Everyone watches the Kentucky Derby. No, they don't. A lot of people <laughs> no. do. Millions no, do. No. Millions. But not Maybe. everyone. No, like maybe twelve million out of what three hundred thirty million yeah, in the United right, States. Right. It's hardly everyone, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a lot of people. Everyone. It's a lot of but people. But it ain't everyone. But don't you notice, Burn, that we do that? Like everyone knows something, and then you you, you really analyze it, and nobody knows about it. Nobody. Exactly right. But I'm not surprised to hear that there is a superstition about how to enter an airplane. Yeah, however, right foot first. Yeah. It, 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 disproving the superstitions is that nobody, no, mo, the vast majority don't know it. The vast, a lot of people enter the planes with their left foot, and oh. nothing happens. Oh, I don't know about that. I think the last two what? plane crashes, the captain walked in with his left foot first. You know how many planes took off uh, <laughs> yesterday and landed? <laughs> you know how many people walked in with their left foot first I hope and nothing none. happened? I hope none. Well, you, how do you know uh, that? Uh, how do you know they walked in with their left foot first? Well, you know, well, what do you think? Everybody walks in with their right foot first? Yeah, everybody knows that. Nah, come everybody, on. Listen, That's funny. No, That's I, funny. I, I'll tell you That's one funny. thing that everybody does know, Bernie. Everyone knows this. Everyone. Republicans, <laughs> Democrats, and independents. Everyone knows. What about the Whigs? This, and the Whigs. Okay. This is the worst president and the worst administration in the history of American politics. Dating back over 200 years, I am confident in saying... Everyone knows that. Uh, well, hopefully they, they they should. They don't all admit it, but uh, it's clearly uh, evident that that it is the case. Yes, you do. You, you, everybody does know that. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Even That's the Democrats. That's right. I said it. Yeah, even Levin That's said it. That's right. I got one more for you. Everyone got knows, it. including including Boomer Esiason and that little putz, <laughs> fatso Geo, that little fat, untalented prick. Everyone knows. It's not about me, is it? No, well, that's you two. The best morning show in New York City is us. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Every, every Everybody know that. Everybody know that, Ernie. Everybody. Ernie, I'm not touching that. Ernie, I don't touch hey, the trophy. Shaq, uh, get it. your hands off that thing. You, Everybody know you You don't touch the trophy, Ernie, right? I, I'll see you on the 13th floor. Uh, no, there's not one here. No, Ernie. Uh, that's, 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 a, that's, that's a terrible imitation. That's, that's actually not bad. Both you guys are great. Ernie and Lou. Yeah, you know about Radio Sid. I know that. you damn I right. Know, yeah, more uh, than anybody, I think. <laughs> One I'll touch it if I want. Yeah. I'll touch it if I want to. Keep telling yourself that, you stupid idiot. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Still lots more to do. I'll touch your mama. How about that? Oh, God. We'll take a break on that Mother's Day comment right after this. <laughs> this is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Jackie Nina Jankowitz, a.k.a. the newly minted Minister of Truth. You know, the Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, he says he he needed to make her the head of the Disinformation Governance Board because she is an eminent authority on misinformation. He said she's completely neutral. And I want you guys to take a listen to her stating some prevalent instances of misinformation that actually are a threat to national security. Take a listen. That's false or misleading information um, that 
uses gendered tropes. So it might be, for instance, this is a big one that we tracked in the report, Kamala Harris slept her way to the top. Or it might be uh, that uh, Jacinda Ardern, another one that we found, is actually a man. So we might see um, racist tropes about, uh, name it, I mean, Ilhan Omar is a, is a favorite for this sort of racist sexual rhetoric that's compounded, the idea that she married her brother to immigrate to the United States. Nice, so, nice. So. Uh, we listened to this idiot. <laughs> Uh, she's the disinformation queen, the scary poppins there. All the things she said there are actually true, very true, <laughs> racist tropes. Shut up with the racist trope uh, talk, you idiot. Uh, Kamala Harris did sleep away to the top. Ask Willie Brown. He'll tell you. He's the guy she slept with. He was the, uh, the, the, the top guy in California politics, and he ushered her all the way to, well, uh, actually the Attorney General's uh, position of uh, California, and then she ran for the Senate and became a senator and then became vice president, <laughs> all thanks to Willie Brown. True. And what's to funny, give the guy some credit, man. Yeah, right. And this morning I actually called in, Bernie, to Frank Morano's show. He plays this um, this game every uh, morning, the $1,000 or the million-dollar minute. I don't know. And you got to answer, like, ten questions correctly in a minute. So time went out on me. I went five for five. You would have been proud of me. I even got Nixon right, losing to Kennedy uh, way back when. But long story short, one of the questions was, who is the first lady? And I swear to God, Bernie, the first woman that came to mind was Kamala Harris. I completely forgot about Jill Biden. I got the answer right uh, eventually. But the first person I thought of was Kamala Harris, and she's done nothing in her career to even be thought of in any in any uh, major respect like that. Nothing. Well, actually, Kamala what Harris. she has done is imprison more black people than any other uh, attorney general in the United States, no? Yeah, there was I mean, that. Uh, but... Uh, Nothing, uh, really nothing of substance. She was an attorney general, and under her, you know, the uh, we used to prosecute criminals. And if the disproportionate number of uh, the criminal, criminals were African-American, which they apparently were in California, they got imprisoned. We don't do that anymore. She was just doing her job back then. Uh, but either way, she's an incompetent uh, liar, a race baiter, a dingbat, and she doesn't belong as the, the vice president of the United States because she's not qualified. Again, didn't uh, Ilhan racist... Omar actually marry her brother? Yes, of course. All of these things that that idiot pointed out are actually true, and she's going to be the Ministry of Truth, the head of the Ministry of Truth, and she doesn't know these things. She she thought the Russia hoax, uh, Russia collusion hoax. She thought it was a real thing. She said that the Hunter laptop was a a, a product of the the Trump campaign. That's what she said. So who is she to tell anybody what's true and what's not true when she can't even get it straight herself? Well, and, and then switching topics, Peter Ducey, he, you know, they keep talking about Roe v. Wade, blah, 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 blah. Well, what about the person that did it? I mean, it's, you know, only 60, well, 63 people have access to that draft, 63 people. So they obviously have to narrow it down. So Ducey asked Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, who's about to be a major star on MSNBC with a multi-million dollar contract, what does the Biden administration think about this person who leaked the information? Should that person be punished? Take a listen to the exchange. These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Oh. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point? Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. 
So I misspoke, but that's another instance. So in the first, in the other one, that's not Lou, that was me. Uh, I said, you know, she, she was asked, do you think they should be punished? She wouldn't answer the question. And then even that, what do you think about the radicals leaking the Supreme Court justices home addresses? And even that, she would not say that they deserve to be punished, just like they did with the BLM rioters. They refused to condemn them. It's so outrageous. Yeah, it really is. We played that clip a couple of times uh, this morning, Saki not condemning when Ducey confronted her with it, that they're going to go to their homes and protest this weekend, and she she would not condemn it whatsoever. In fact, she appeared to condone it. But uh, as far as the leaker goes, Ted Cruz says he, he thinks uh, he's got it narrowed down. He thinks it's the most radical member of the Supreme Court, which is Sonia Sotomayor, oh my boy. neighbor from oh the Bronx, oh and then her three law clerks. He thinks it's one of those three law clerks, Sonia Sotomayor's. He doesn't doesn't think it would be Kagan or Breyer's law clerk, so right. he's got it narrowed down to three people. That makes sense. It could be Judge Weinberger upstairs, too, but uh, somehow he's uh, kind of avoided the fray. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sotomayor went to my, my high school. I know you went to Hayes. She went to, she went to Spelman, and she was like yeah. this pride and joy alumni, but, I mean, now she's like wacky. But I don't know. Whoever it is, I think it's a female. I think it's somebody young, and it's like this... Uh, deluded social justice warrior that'll probably land sure. a huge job at like cnn or msnbc eventually oh, absolutely. but they should be prosecuted I mean, to the fullest extent of the law i mean this is this is insane they should be, have their asses whooped but i don't advocate violence so uh, i re- withdraw that comment but either way uh yeah it's probably i i, I think i subscribe to ted cruz's uh a, a method of thinking uh, his uh, you know his rationale his deduction that it is one of her law clerks. So uh, we'll see in the coming days. But either way, what a disgrace that uh, they're going to go to these people's homes. They got doxxed. And uh, you know, so a- Amy Coney Barrett, who has, she what did she adopt, like three Haitian kids or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. They're actually going to disrupt her life on the weekend with all the kids in her house. And uh, these mutts in the White House don't think it's a big deal. Really unbelievable. And then you have the fact that the president of the United States is calling Make America Great Again the most extreme political organization. And and look what the radical left is doing. They're they're threatening to Supreme Court justices. They're, I mean, they're what they did yeah. in the streets over the summer. What about Al Qaeda? What about Hezbollah? I mean, to compare MAGA what about, to what about a the Nazis? Organ- yeah, the Nazis, I know. There was, there was a Nazi group. There was there, there were Nazi groups in the United States. Uh, uh, the, the fact that I voted for Trump makes me worse than the Nazi groups and Al Qaeda and Antifa and all that stuff. And I've never done anything. I just you know, I go home, I go to work, and I voted for Trump. Wait, so so what? hold on a second. You did break some it, windows, it. avoided the police. You've been arrested more than once. You chased Hasidim up trees in Monticello. Was, you know, the way, did nothing. Way before I was a political oh, animal. Okay. Way yeah, listen, there's a lot of guys that go to prison, and 30 years later, they, they're, they're close to Jesus. But don't don't like you've done nothing. You were a degenerate for many, many years. That is true, Sorry, but buddy. that was I, I was <laughs> just your run of the mill. I was just your run of the mill hooligan, not a political hooligan. operative. That's all I was, and I was. I admit it. Of many many no, years, I'm, I'm caught, only kidding. I'm only kidding. Stop. Thankfully, I caught myself, well, and uh, and I'm here now. Yes, you are. Brilliant. Well, Brilliant. I know we got to wrap wrap this up. Twelve fifteen. I'll be on today, right after Bill O'Reilly, and then of course the great John Katzmatidi sitting alongside him. Cats at night. Fantastic show. You don't want to miss it. So me, a solo, twelve fifteen. You'll hear me ranting and raving, singing along with. Cool. You know, some people like my singing, and some people 
don't like it. I like to sing. I love music. I like to have fun when I'm reporting the news because I, I want to entertain people. I want their rides to go by quicker. And then at Cats at Night, we get down to the nitty gritty and we say, what the heck is going on? So you got a great, great lineup, great show tonight. A couple of great shows. Uh, absolutely. All right. well, congratulations sure. to you on the 1215 show. And Bernie and I both want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day coming up on Sunday. And even though it's Mother's Day, make sure you take care of your husband, okay? Yeah, right. I, I take care well, of him every single day. Take it I easy. gotta wash take it easy. I do down. his laundry. My husband doesn't even know how to turn on the washing machine. That's really? how much I take hey, care of him. Hey, listen, he save that launch for, for your twelve fifteen show, okay? <laughs> I, I get in trouble, like Sid. Save your breath. Mimi's gonna yell at me again. No, I don't He's get gonna any yell trouble, at me. Trust me, I don't get any trouble. But he yes. will yell at you. Yes, he will yell at you. That's true. Yes, he will yell at me. All right. Well, enjoy. Have fun. Take care. Thank you. We love you. See ya. We really do. Traffic and sports is coming up next. Right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra with your host Joe Piscopo every Sunday night starting at 6 on Music Radio 77 WABC. This weekend, check this out, Margo and John Katsimidis, excuse me, John Katsimidis, they join Joe Piscopo Sunday night at 6 o'clock for a Mother's Day special on Ramsey Mazda's Sunday with Sinatra. Take it away, Lou. My mother made a lot of sacrifices, and she tried to make every day a better day for everyone around her, and I got a lot of that from her. And so my children, they are very fortunate. I am so blessed, John and I, that they are healthy, and I'm going to ask them this Mother's Day what is their most favorable memory and moment of growing up that they will always cherish for the rest of their lives. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. like to get to know you well. Howard Jones saw him at Radio City a lifetime ago. But I was dating a girl named Ava, my daughter's name, back in the late 1980s when I saw Howard Jones. 841 on your rainy Friday. Bernie has pointed this out all morning long, and he's right. Stop taking my cards. I gave you two already. Who, who needs one more? You want one? Okay. I'll tell you what I'm talking about, Bernard. Uh, Bernie, you've been talking all morning long about the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. That's a big festive event and Mother's Day on Sunday. So moments ago, uh, Luke dropped off this uh, beautiful bag of stuff. Inside the bag are these gorgeous heart-shaped cupcakes with strawberries. There's also chocolate ones and lemon ones. And it comes from Nina's Cakery. Nina as in N-I-N-A. She, uh, you can follow Nina at Nina's Cakes, N-Y-C. Excuse me, at Nina's Cakery. NYC on Instagram, at Nina's Cakery NYC on Instagram. And she wrote this uh, lovely letter, letter, I should say, Dear Sid, Happy Mother's Day. Enclosed are my uh, cake hearts. The large box has red velvet filling. I've also included two smaller boxes, one with lemon filling, one with chocolate filling. Uh, Hope uh, Danielle enjoys these. Love, 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 love your show. Best to Bernie, Nina. So uh, thank you to Nina's Cakery. Once again, you can find her on Instagram at Nina's Cakery NYC. 
for three boxes of lovely uh, Mother's Day cakes. How about that, Bernard? I think it's very sweet. Yes. Uh, See what literally he did? Very sweet. Liter- literally and figuratively. Absolutely. Uh, no, n- nice job, Adonina. Thank you so much for your nice words and for your cakes. You are Appreciate a genius. This. You are a genius. Look at it. Uh, I think it's so it sweet. Take it easy. So I have a serious question for you. People uh, ask me about it. We'll get back to the news at 9 o'clock with Bernie. But people ask me all the time, how's Bernie doing? And uh, what is he doing? And, and again, I've been over this a billion times. I, I, you know this. I don't delve. I don't ask questions every single day. Uh, I come on the air and act as if uh, it was uh, six months ago. And that's how I feel. I feel like you're going to get past this. It sucks right now. The chemotherapy, yeah. the radiation, you're in pain. You're not comfortable every day. I know all that. But, uh, you know, we're going to get past this. You'll be back in studio at some point. And, and, and the shows are great now when you're home. So I don't really delve into it. But um, somebody did ask me. Will Bernie go out for dinner, let's say, Sunday, Mother's Day with Carol, or is he pretty much home outside of going out to, let's say, Sloan Kettering or someplace for medical treatment? I don't have an answer. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good question. I can tell you this. I have one more round. First of all, I'm going for my last uh, radiation therapy treatment today. Oh, today. That'll be my fifth and final. And How long are those? I, I'm just I, curious. Uh, they last. You got to lay on some really hard surface yeah. for about a half hour, half and hour. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they. It's sort of like a, a CAT scan if you uh, re, if you ever had one. Sure. I don't know if you did or not. Yeah, sure, sure. Anyway, yeah. you sit there and I listen to Sinatra music, and nice. Uh, nice. You know, I take a half a volume and uh, pass the time uh, <laughs> very, very pleasantly. I, I got to tell it. you, nice. Uh, and they just they they they, they zap you or whatever, and uh, you go home. But uh, it's, it's the side effects that they caution you about, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so far, so good. No side effects good. Uh, good. for me. Good. So anyway, uh, that is today. And then uh, uh, supposedly I may have one more round of chemotherapy right. to go, one more or, or not. It remains to be seen. But uh, to the, the question as to will I go out, once you're, when you're do, doing chemotherapy, if you have a temperature, if you have a fever, right. your temperature goes over 100.4 degrees. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot, 100.4. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's, that's, that's 2.4 uh, points away from 98. Right. You're, saying, you're not saying 104. You're saying 100.4. No. Exactly. Right. So if you, if you go out, uh, if you catch, uh, if you get a fever over that, you have to go to the emergency room. Right. That's how serious right. a thing right. it is. Right. Right. So, uh, so I don't go out because I don't want to catch... You know some COVID thing and and get or or a cold period right, right. and get a get, get a fever that goes over that number right and then I'm in trouble. Be- and the, the whole reason is is it's your white blood cells or something like that. I mean uh, because that's what chemotherapy does. It, it tackles those things, which et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. It's well, complicated. No, but, but, but when, when you so, take when you when you going when you're going for chemotherapy, it ravages your immune system. That's a fact. So you can't afford to even catch a cold because you can get deathly sick. That's so you have to give yourself a couple of weeks when you're done with chemo and radiation so your immune system kind of builds back up before you can really come into contact with a bunch of people, especially the dirty bastards that work on our show. Exactly right. They're real with every the, disease that, you could ever imagine. I mean, God even oh, knows they, what these guys have. They're worse than, uh, you know, I mean, these guys have, uh, not only do they have, like, tuberculosis and dengue fever, they have stuff, you know, like a syphilis and that type of thing, and so... I mean, they're really, really low-life oh degenerates God. that we work around. So I, I, I don't come into the studio, and I don't want to catch anything. Right. And that answers the question as to whether or not I'm going to go out. My kids are going to take my wife out, and uh, we'll all have a, 
a nice time, a very nice time. But people do come by your house. Like, I know Bo Dito came by last Sunday. Because, you know, Danielle keeps saying to me, you want to drive by Bernie. Even Pete Morgan texted me, and he said, "Let's. Uh, I'm going to come look at your house because I need a new boiler. And uh, he says, and then we'll go to Bernie's house because I live very close to Bernie. And I said, I got I don't know if Bernie wants. I know Bo stopped by last week, and you loved it. He dropped off the, the, the pasta and the sauce. But I feel like during this time, Bernie feels like, you know, it's kind of private. I don't know if Bernie really well, wants you're a thousand, visitors. A thousand percent correct. I right. tried to uh, yeah. warn Bo, was Bo right. Dito. Okay. You were right. And I, I even told Bo Dito that I said I'm not in any condition really to receive a good friend like you and entertain you, which I'm not. Uh, but uh, he was insistent, uh, you know, he's, he'll just drop it off and go, whatever. And anyway, he came, and it was great. Uh, I, I, I love Bo Dietl to death. I was, uh, I, you know, it was actually uh, – I wanted him to come, actually, but I was I couldn't really do the right thing right. by him, you right. know, entertaining a friends or a guest at my house with, in the fashion that I would like to. But uh, yeah, so you, you're pretty much on target. And if I don't shave for like three or four days, right, I look like hell, right, and which and, and I don't always feel like shaving. But so whatever. So I'm here. And I, it's knew great. It, I, I knew and, it. I knew it. Danielle was like, you know, you're a crappy friend, and you know, you're, you're supposed to be his best friend and his partner. And I go, Danielle. I love the guy. I tell the guy every day, whether he's with me, not with me, I'm on the air. I love him. I, I know Bernie. I know him well. He doesn't want people to come when he's healthy, let alone this, a poor guy. <laughs> I'm being serious. She's like, no. well, you should go there, and I'll drop you off, and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, I'm going to ask him. I'm not going to just show up. I'm not going to push myself on him. And, I, and him and I are as close as it gets. And now you've just answered the question. I know, Danielle, you're listening. I was right again, so... <laughs> you you, uh, you were right, actually. You know me very, very well. Right. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I would love to have people, and uh, I will do so soon. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, uh, the place is beautiful. The pool's getting uh, w- worked on right now. Oh, cool. And when the weather gets warm in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to enjoy it. And uh, I guess about then, maybe start having people over. But uh, as of now, not a good time for me because I got a couple of things left to do. I still, from visitors to the house, I don't want to catch anything either. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, you can't ever tell when somebody comes over what they have, who they've been in contact with. But I'm okay. I feel great, and the treatments are working, and it's all good. It's working out well. Everything is pointing in the right direction, ladies and gentlemen, and Sid Rosenberg and all my concerned uh, friends out there. I love you all, and uh, and I thank you all for your nice words. And, uh, and back to uh, Nina with her cakes. Thanks for the cakes, lady. <laughs> Nina's a terrific. I never met her. Don't know her. But Nina's Cakery NYC, thank you for the cakes. And I know Joe Parisi is also dropping awesome stuff today. So uh, Gristides and D'Agostino's, they, they love us, and uh, they want us all to enjoy a, a great Mother's Day. I am not going to be with Naomi coming up this Sunday. I think my mom's upstate, actually. So it'll be uh, just me, Danielle, and the kids. And I settle dinner at Joe Esposito's favorite Italian eatery in Far Rockaway, uh, La Sorrentino's. Be there on Sunday night for dinner. And uh, I know you, you, uh, your mom passed away a long time ago already, right? Were we working together when she, when she passed away, Bernie, in the early 2000s? Uh, it, actually, it was before you. It was okay. 1998. Oh, right before uh, my, my My mom passed away in June of 98, and my sister passed away in August of 98. Oh, my a, God, both. It was a horrible year. Jeez. But, uh, Jeez. But either way, yes, uh, you know, she's uh, wow. still missed, and it's still oh, my mommy. Okay. As uh, you know, yeah. she's, as she always will be, and uh, right, right, you never forget, obviously, your mother. But uh, so no, I won't be celebrating with my moms, just uh, in spirit, of course. But uh, you know, that's life, Sydney. Yeah, that's no, the way it you, goes, you heard you know? the other cut. You, you you know, you played the cut earlier, Bernard, with um, Joe Piscopo on that great Sinatra show on Sunday nights, and 
he had uh, our two dear friends, John and Margo, on last week. And, you know, Margo was very, very, very close with Humbo. They're very close and does things to this day. Charity events, that big event she does every year in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, you know, you may remember when we celebrated the, the Russian day here before the war with Ukraine. Uh, she was talking about all the things <laughs> her mother had. You remember all that? So yes. Margo and her mother were very close. And every now and then, you know, you get to John. Like, like, like John and I have this thing going with our daughters. You know, AJ, he loves AJ. I've got Ava. Both of them are our first children. Both of them are our only daughters. Like, you've got one daughter as well. But both of them are really a pain in the ass. They're tough. <laughs> They're very tough. So every now and then, him and I will have a nice little conversation about that. But he he was talking about his mother a couple of days ago with Joe Piscopo, and that was that was uh, very enlightening and uh, very emotional. Oh, very moving. Yeah. Very moving. He was talking about how his mother used to hold his hand, and that's the only way he could go to sleep. you got to listen to uh, – Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra, hosted by Joe Piscopo this Sunday, to hear the entire interview. But it was a beautiful, moving uh, interview about their respective moms. Absolutely. Well, we uh, we do wish everybody out there a happy Mother's Day. It's a big day. And uh, go out and celebrate on Sunday and do the right thing by mom. I know for me, as close as I was with my father, and uh, Bernie, you know how much it still hurts. You know how much it still hurts. It's bad. But the truth is, is that every time I got into trouble, my dad wanted no part of it. He, he did not have the mental ability to handle it. Even when he came to visit me at rehab, he was completely, he was completely turned off. You know, loved me, wanted the best for me. But it was my mother who was always in the trenches. When I had to go back into college, she basically walked to Kingsborough to make sure I had a shot at graduating, which I eventually did from Baruch. When I had to go to GA, she was the one that dragged me in, in uh, Sheepshead Bay to my very, very first meeting. So, as much as I love my dad and close with my dad in sports and all that stuff, it was my mother throughout my whole life who really did the dirty work until Danielle took over. Wow. So I do want to thank my mom for that. Yeah, yeah, she was the one, yeah. burn, believe it or not. Yeah, she was the one. Not only that, remember this. She changed your diapers for, like, how many years? And, uh, uh, you know, when about you were 20. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of stuff, uh, you, know, you know, all the things that you remember as an adult. Plus the things that you don't remember when you were a, a toddler and a baby and all yeah, those these great things. Point. That's what we yep. celebrate Mom's Day. Yep. I was also a very serious asthmatic. I was very, very sick, and it was my mom who rushed me back and forth to the hospital every time. So, anyway, happy Mother's Day, everybody. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Been such a great show. We'll come back and close out the 8 o'clock hour with still lots more to do on the Friday edition of Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Freaking out, she's a bad mamma jamma. Fantastic. Fantastic. Sing it. (laughs) It's a great song. 8.56, rainy Friday morning. But we've done everything here today. Look at those guys dancing. Frankie Diaz, Luca Grano, and Lou Rufino on WNCRadio.tv. We've covered every major news story. Talked about all the great sports. The Ranger win, the amazing Met comeback, Mother's Day, personal stories. From both uh, me and Bernard, I think today is uh, the blueprint. 
as to why we are the most beloved duo and the number one news talk radio show <laughs> in New York. And I mean that. It just you know you get I so you, much bro. every morning. You. Yeah, I mean it's just you get you get so much every morning. I will Put it right you, out there. I will tell you this. I didn't know uh, just last week, Bernard, that uh, as you call her the punk uh, peppermint patty punk. Uh, I had no idea she was a mom. I, I, I had just, I just assumed because she was so anti Ron DeSantis's very as as Tom Swazi said reasonable bill down in Florida because she was so anti. I figured she's not a mom. She's just some dopey you know girl up there. And turns out she's got two kids. So I have to say that I would um, I would come short of wishing Jen Saki a happy Mother's Day if in fact. I bumped up to her on a Sunday morning here in New York. How about you? Uh, well, you try to avoid, I guess you try to avoid the personal when it comes to uh, this. But it, this is so, such a serious thing. These people are destroying the country. It's no joke. It's not, uh, and I sound like Joe Biden. This is not, it, this is deadly serious business, what they're doing. And they know what they're doing. And she lies to us, lies to us constantly, has contempt for us. It, she either, either thinks we're morons, we're idiots, we're stupid. Or they just don't care. Either way, that is so disrespectful to us. And she is, you know, she's the personification of it because she's out there every single day. Same thing with the old imbecile himself and the rest of them when they go on TV, Mayorkas and all these people, ruining the country and then lying to us after their, you know, their destructive policies are, you know, implemented. Then they lie about what their policies are doing. So it's it's difficult to uh, any to to, to to direct any good cheer mm. towards any of them because they're so they're so destructive. Yep. they're so dangerous. Yeah, I agree. I was actually thinking about the Biden kids too because a couple of weeks ago somebody said to me, you know, Hunter Biden, and somebody said this on the news too, and I forget who it was. We pointed out at the time how ridiculous it was, but he's been through a lot, you know, and and said myself been through a lot. What a life this guy's happened, and I was reminded. I was reminded. That his real mother is not Dr. Jill. His real mother was tragically killed in a car accident with his baby sister before he was born, I guess, many, many years ago, Joe Biden's first wife. But um, look, uh, my wife, Danielle, her mother was killed, practically decapitated in a car accident when she was eight years old. She was raised, Danielle, by her grandparents. And she's, uh, what is she? She's a big-time attorney, big-time attorney, great mother, great wife, Never smoked crack, never ended up in the situations that Hunter Biden is. So although I feel horrible for the kid, Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday, and his mother was actually killed, I don't want to hear those excuses anymore. There's plenty of folks who went through the same tragedy and have ended up great, like my wife. And just remember this. It's not about Hunter Biden. This is all about Joe Biden, about the president of the United States being corrupt and using his kids to make money and sell it by selling his position as vice president. Selling that, uh, selling it off, and, and you know, trading it off. Our vice president selling uh, America out to try to make money uh, personally through his kids. It's about Joe Biden and whether or not he's compromised right now. As we pump money into the Ukraine, Hunter Biden made money millions from the Ukraine, and we're pumping money back into the Ukraine. Uh, does it sound like a conflict of interest? Same thing with China. I mean, the same thing. So it's not about Hunter at all. It's about Joe Biden. It's about the president of the of the United States, our president. Stevie, one, come back and save us, buddy. <laughs> My man. That's a great job, Burn. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour. In fact, the final hour of the week. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid, 9 o'clock hour, coming up next. Oh, 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 o
Turn out the lights, cause I don't wanna see. Very good, Louie, I love this. Me too. Mama told me, and I didn't listen. That ain't the way to have fun. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download that app. Also out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can watch us after the show on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. On this, uh, well, really uh, a wonderful May, first full May weekend. It's a beautiful time. May is my favorite month. So it's just, I mean, the flowers. Are, I got I, I got a cherry blossom tree right next door to me, right outside oh, my kitchen. It's actually gorgeous. Love that. And it's just such a beautiful time. You smell it when you go outside, the flowers blooming, the lawn coming in, whatever the hell it is. It's all beautiful. But there are ugly things out there as well. You have Mother's Day. You have Kentucky Derby tomorrow. That's ugly. The Rangers are winning. <laughs> no, no, no. But the, the Mets are winning. The Yankees are winning. It's all good. But there are, there are very, very ugly uh, events happening in the wake of the uh, draft opinion of the Supreme Court Justice well, Samuel Alito. Well, before you get to that, I want to ask you a question because you're smarter than me. And it's, it's very, it's right now. It just happened just now. And then we'll get to Alito. Uh, they sure. just announced the jobs for April because I know March was brutal. And, uh, they added 428,000 jobs in April. The estimation was about 391. Ended up at 428. Unemployment, by the way, in April at 3.6%. This is everywhere now. Maria Bartiromo has broken talking about it. Larry Kudlow has broken talking about it. So 428,000 jobs. I mean, I guess that's a decent number. Sounds like it. Sounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, exceeded expectations. So that's good in and of itself. But remember this. Uh, this, is, this economy is still coming back from an, uh, being artificially shut down during the pandemic. So these aren't jobs that are being, as, as the Biden administration would claim, we're creating jobs. No, you're not. These jobs are just c- returning from being shut down. That can keep that in mind. That process still continues. Nobody's they're not creating any damn job whatsoever. But but the fact that they added more jobs that than was expected, that's a good thing. You have to say when it's a good thing, it's a good thing. The the other fact is the GDP in the first quarter shrank by one point four percent. Shrank, shrinkage, our economy, the gross domestic product for God's sakes, that's terrible. That's awful. And so we we may be headed for a recession, they're talking about stagflation. Uh, of course, with the inflation that we have, if things slow down, though the jobs number uh, increasing is a good thing. The, and the market was down yesterday 1,000 points. So we're all over the place. There's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, before we get to I'm going to get to the uh, ugliness that, that I was uh, alluding to. But uh, yesterday at the White House, the imbecile-in-chief himself, he was talking to a bunch of teachers who were at the White House, for a celebration of Cinco de Mayo, whatever the hell it was. But in the middle of it, he said this. He was talking to a bunch of teachers. Here's Cut 19. Play this idiot, please, Louie. 
All right. Uh, you know, teachers, I, I, you know, I sleep with the teacher every night. Oh, Same one. Oh. Same one. Me. <laughs> if I didn't like teachers, I'd be sleeping alone. I've been into Ay, ay, ay. What a creepy old perv. And, uh, you know, given the, his history with the touching little girls and all that stuff, hugging them, kissing them, just shut up. I mean, and plus you're pushing 80. I mean, I mean See, that, just, that, but that's a problem. Otherwise, that was cute. I do a lot of that. I'm always talking about sleeping with Danielle, blah, blah, blah. I don't mind that. It's cute. He loves her. But the problem is what you just mentioned, which is, you know, he sniffs five-year-old girl's hair. So not, no matter what he, how he yeah. says it, it comes off creepy. It doesn't matter, even if it's cute. Just dummy up about right. who you sleep with. I mean, for Oof. God's sakes. Uh, so back to the ugliness. And that was, that was pretty ugly in itself. But uh, this is uh, in the wake of the, the alleged overturning of Roe versus Wade, and it's not a done deal. First of all, Samuel Alito, who wrote that opinion, he had to cancel a speaking event yesterday because of uh, security threats and uh, concerns, etc. So you already have these justices, because they're doing their jobs, for whatever reason, they think the Constitution was, uh, well, whatever. The Roe v. Wade was not, was, is bad law. I, I believe they're doing this in good faith. They believe it wasn't constitutional, and, and a lot of people have said it in the past, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, by the way, there's a group called uh, Ruth, what is it, Ruth Sent Us, or Ruth, Ruth Told Us, or Ruth, whatever the hell it Ruth, was. You had it right, Ruth Sent Us. Ruth Sent Us. They're out there encouraging people to go to churches and disrupt the services over the weekend, the Catholic churches, I should say, in particular, and also to go to the, the homes of Supreme Court justices who have been doxxed, their, their, their addresses are out there, go to their homes and protest, bother these people on Mother's Day weekend. And, and I mentioned earlier, Amy Coney Barrett, she's got like 10 kids, four of them she adopted from Haiti. They're going to go to her house and disrupt her weekend? These are good people, right? So anyway, uh, they asked this uh, peppermint punk looking, uh, a, a peppermint patty looking punk, I should say, Jen Psaki, did Ducey, Steve Ducey asked her about the whole thing. She could have condemned it and said, don't do it. Yeah, anyway, listen to how it went. Cut five, please, Lou. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to, to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So, so he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it, we, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. So apparently she's okay with them going to their homes there. <laughs> They're sacred homes, they're refuge uh, from the madness. I mean, really bad, really just awful. And that's why I couldn't, I mean, uh, yeah, thinking good thoughts about Jen Psaki in any way, shape, or form, she's just a dirtbag is what she is. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, <laughs> speaking of uh, inciting violence, uh, get the Hillary clip ready too as well, Lou. But first, first place, Schumer. He stood outside the Supreme Court in 2020 and threatened violence against Supreme Court justices. Cut 30, please, Lou. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. <laughs> so what, it's unbelievable. Idiot. I mean, what, what is he talking about? They have lifetime tenure. They, they can't lose their jobs, nor, nor did they do anything wrong. But what is he threatening there? What I exactly is he threatening? You won't know what hit you? I mean, what are you going to do? It could it could be nothing else but violence to hurt them, something like that. Same thing with Hillary Clinton fanning the flames, cut four 
uh, Hillary Clinton uh, saying some really dark things, uh, which is the word she's going to use in this clip, about the Supreme Court justices cut for loop, please. This opinion is dark. It is incredibly dangerous, and it is not just about a woman's right to choose. It is about much more than that. Once you allow this kind of extreme power to take hold, you have no idea who they will come for next. What the hell are you talking about? Go back home. Go, go, Go get your wine, stay at home, and shut up. That is inciting violence right now, what she just did. And it's just horrible that the otherwise, like her and Schumer, they're like, you know, pushing 80 themselves or 75 or something like that. I mean, they should know better that traditional yeah. liberals yep. who have t- turned into bitter, bitter partisans at this point. I mean, by the way, what, I mean, what is she? Now, Schumer keeps winning, um, you know, which is ridiculous, but it is what it is. Well, what does she want? She was basically appointed every political position she's ever had. She's used her husband's last name to win nominations, yes, but still lose there whether it's Obama uh, in her own uh, party or Trump uh, for the presidency, what does she ever really want? What was she to talk like she's, she's had this unbelievable political career outside of being married to a guy that was relatively popular for five of his eight years? You know, it's funny. We talk about Kamala Harris slept her way to the top. Well, what the, what the, what the hell did Hillary Clinton do? Right. S- same thing. If her name was she Hillary married, Schwartz, she, she never would have done anything, anything. Not a damn thing. She, she, she latched on to Bill Clinton. And otherwise, yes, she would have nothing. She was given this uh, this Senate seat in New York. Uh, I, I think it was vacated by Daniel Patrick Moynihan back then. It was a lock that the Democrat, whoever's name he would have put next to that D, would have won the uh, election. And so she was appointed senator by the powers that be here in New York. And that's the only reason why she became a senator. And then, of course, Obama paid her back and made her secretary of state because, you know, the, the young a charismatic black guy came up, and instead of allowing the woman to break the glass ceiling, they said, you know what the Democrats did? Screw that old lady. Let's get the charismatic young black guy and put him in there. So he he, he kind of pushed her out of the way, and she was rewarded for that by the with the Secretary of State's position. But anyway, that's all inciting violence, and it's going to happen this weekend. And it's uh, disgusting because it's, it's the way democracies work. Everything is working uh, above board. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing dark about anything. Everything is above. The only thing dark was that it was leaked, for God's sakes. Now, uh, my concern was that, of course, it's going to affect the election. We. It was a lock that the Republicans were going to sweep everything this November, and you throw this abortion thing, this monkey wrench, into the process, and I'm worried about it. But uh, maybe I shouldn't be. A, because uh, I think maybe one of these justices are going to cave like Kavanaugh. And I kind of hope he does and says, and, and Roe v. Wade is not overturned. Because you know what? It doesn't even matter. You, if you want an abortion, you can get an abortion anywhere. I mean, in a, a lot, in a lot of states. There are going to be some states where you won't be able to. But you could travel and uh, you know to New York or to a couple of states down and get an abortion. So uh, if they don't overturn it, it really is not going to affect. If a woman wants an abortion, she's going to get it. Uh, so anyway, maybe I shouldn't be so worried. Plus, James Carville, a Clinton acolyte, a guy who helped. Uh, he was the guy who said it's the economy, stupid, did James Carville, back when Clinton was first elected in 92. He said this yesterday about the Democrats in November 2022. Cut 31. James Carville, please, Lou. To date, they have no fear of Democrats. That's why they do this. Democrats, you got to understand just what a huge event this is in American politics. The Democrats have won a popular vote in seven out of the last eight 
presidential elections, Roe is over two to one in approval. And Alito and them said, we don't care. We're not fair, and we don't care. And all the Democrats are going to do is sit around and talk about veganism and pronoun. And to some extent, that is a justified opinion that they have. So he thinks the Democrats, uh, you know, they're not going to really take advantage of it because they're lazy and complacent. I'm not so sure about that. You're going to see riots in the streets probably this weekend. You saw them over the weekend in uh, Los Angeles, but uh, that's Carvel's position. And he's another guy. I mean, he should know he should know better that these justices really just doing their jobs. Whether or not some of them lied to some of these senators about overturning Roe v. Wade is another question. I mean, uh, did Kavanaugh tell Susan Collins that I think it's settled law, starry decisis, to use the legal term? It's been there for so long, and we're not going to take it away. Did he actually tell her that, or did he not? I'm not so sure, because she says he t- he told her, and she claims that he's not going to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. And in, 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 to some extent, I hope he doesn't, because I don't want this to be on the table, on the ballot, in November of 2022. Call me selfish, but, uh, I mean, it, you know, it, we have to take back the country. That's job number one. That, that's the priority right here. And uh, regarding Roe versus Wade, this, uh, this, this hag on The View, Joy Behar, listen to what she, she suggested that women do. Cut number one, please, Lil. Women in the world have conducted sex strikes in history. In 2003, oh. a sex strike, a strike helped, helped to end Liberia's brutal civil war. And the woman who, charged, who started it was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. In 2009, Kenyan women enforced a sex ban until political infighting ceased. Within one week, there was a stable government. Okay, so we have more power than we think we have. And some of it could be right in the bedroom. Just saying. Oh she God. actually say we 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 have more yeah, power. Yeah, she did. I mean, I mean uh, implying that uh, she's she's. Yeah. Oh, please, uh, do you want to throw up now or no? Uh, I mean, the last person to see her vagina was George Washington. Nobody cares. She can go <laughs> all the sex drive she wants. Hold it back, Joy, baby. Hold it back. Who wants that anyway? My God. I mean, but so I, I, I'd rather have to have nothing than uh, than something like that. But of yeah, course. of course, it's stupid. Sex know, frivolous. Sex and, 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 I mean, silly, just silly, no, non-serious. Oh, see, I... you, you have you have all these ladies sitting down there watching The View. I guess they get good ratings. I really don't know. But uh, I mentioned this morning earlier that Ted Cruz thinks he knows who leaked this uh, Samuel Alito decision. Ted Cruz does. Cut 37, please. Ted Cruz. Go ahead, Lou. 33, sorry. It is likely to be someone who is a hard partisan and who was willing to burn the place down because he or she was so upset about what happens. If I were to guess, the most likely justice for whom the law clerk is clerking is Sonia Sotomayor because she's the most partisan of the justices. And so she's the most likely to hire wild eyed partisans as clerks. I have no evidence of that. I'm just just making an inference just throwing it out there, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Cruz. I think he's probably right, but who the hell knows? I mean, uh, really, it could have been, and it could have been Kagan, could have been Breyers, but he thinks it's one of three clerks for Sonia Sotomayor. My neighbor, when I was growing up in the Bronx, believe it or not, they renamed the projects, the Bronxdale projects. They're now called the Sonia Sotomayor houses in the Bronx, believe it or not. And she did go to Catholic school because I guarantee you, if she went to the public schools in my neighborhood, there's no way she'd be a Supreme Court justice today. 
here on the Bernie and Sid Show. The number, 1-800-848-9222. We will play Beat Bernie. A lot more of the, of the Bernie and Sid Show to come. Keep it right here, folks. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Twenty-three Friday morning, big weekend as we've been pointing out all morning long. The Kentucky Derby. AJ Katzmatidi is going to her first one ever. I'm jealous. I'm dying to go. She's in Churchill Downs this morning. That comes your way tomorrow. Mother's Day coming up on Sunday. Longtime friend of mine, and now a longtime friend of Bernie's too. My days go all the way back to the days when I had to convince WFAN to bring Jeremy Shockey back on for his weekly segment because Mike and the Mad Dog kicked him out. And I actually did get him back on the show. That's how long I go back with Luke Pettigrew. It's been eight years between 1999 and 2007. It's one of the best offensive linemen in the history of the New York Giants. Is on that giant team, of course, that lost to the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 35. And uh, over the last couple of years, he's uh, been in here with me and Bernie quite often. We've gotten close. And uh, here he is, uh, first time in a long time. He's been living in Miami. For the better part of about a half a year, the great number 77, Luke Pettigrew. Welcome back, bro. Thank you, sir. Hello. Great to see you. Hey, Bernie. Hey, miss you here, buddy. I came to see you, not Sid, but uh, I'll get you next time. I hope you're doing My well. Man. How you been? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. I'm doing, I've been been well. well I, I have been better in the past, but uh, more importantly, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it's good to be back here in New York and see everybody and just get back to business. You know, you said, you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bernie. Go ahead. No, no, but you've been living down in Florida in the past, uh, for, for the past few months, if I'm not mistaken, Luke, no? Yes, sir. I, uh, you know, I got a lot of contacts there and there. Saw Lou Holtz, uh, got back in touch with John Gruden, uh, a lot wow. of people in Miami down there that, uh, good people, Tony Bosch, getting into the, the health and regenerative medicine, uh, segment of, of life for, uh, to keep everybody healthy and, and keep their longevity getting longer. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so that's something, uh, I can speak with you about as well, but, Everybody down there, uh, you know, they'd like to show up here, and they they, they say hello. Uh, listen, it's Sweet. you look great, by the way. You haven't played a down of football in the NFL for 15 years, but you still look like you can play. I mean, you look terrific. But Bernie brings up Florida. You're in Miami all this time. You have been very uh, vociferous on this show. One of the reasons why we like you is because, you know, you're very pro-Trump, pro-Republican. You don't like what's going on in this country. And there you were in the home of Ron DeSantis, for the last six months. How cool was that, Luke? That was great. Um, it's definitely, you know, <clears throat> obviously they, they don't, they, they took the masks off and, uh, yeah. that a long yeah. time ago. Now it's still used down there, but you know, it's a mentality. So, you know, different pockets you go and, and Mr. DeSantis is really trying to enforce the mental strength that he had developed in the military. And that's what everybody really needs just to, the fortitude and, and to see where we're headed here and not be scared of the dark. Exactly right. Have a strong leader like that. Not be scared of the dark, as you say. It, it, early on in the in the pandemic, he w- he had the foresight to know, you know, this is not lockdowns are no good. He's been uh, uh, vindicated, validated, whatever word you want to use. And so, so he, he again, he has the he, he has vision is what he has, and he's a good leader. And uh, so, what is the sentiment down there in Florida? Do they want him to run for president, or would they rather keep him as governor at this point? As far as you know, Luke, what do you think? 
as far as I know, I'd say the further he can get, the better, because obviously he will always remember where he, he started or where he came from to get there. Uh, you know, obviously Donald Trump is down there based in Florida. Um, and you know, what Ron has is common sense and practicality and, and, you know, just technique. And it's a technical operation. So it's just a matter of getting people to pay attention. Don't believe everything they read or hear and look at the, the facts. And, well, and well, you could appreciate don't believe everything they read or hear because <laughs> you've come under fire, as I have in Bernie and others, so many times, and, and very little of it is true, and that's fine. Uh, number 77 for the Giants back in the late 90s, early 2000s, Luke Pettigrew. Uh, me, I would like to see Ron DeSantis stay as the governor of Florida. Uh, I still have a place down there, obviously, but um, if he does and Donald Trump wins, then I think we're practically guaranteed 12 years of Republican rule because you get four more with Trump and then eight with DeSantis. So to me, that would be the perfect deal for Trump, eight DeSantis. That sound good to you? Yeah, I think that um, it's no matter what, uh, Donald's going to be involved. You think so? Uh, you know, he's going to win? Yeah. Well, I Do you think go to Mar-a-Lago when you're down there hang out with Trump? And, uh, you don't I, know him that I've well. been trying to get there with you, but I haven't <laughs> been there yet. So I'm, I'm trying, you know, one of these days maybe. But uh, maybe Bernie will take me. Um so it's uh but listen it's you know the influence is there the the, the practicality uh people don't like this is demonstrative ways which is unfortunate because that's the way I grew up in, in football coaching with Lou Holtz and you know you deliver the message and the that message is acted upon right and people don't understand that these days which is why we're in with the position we're in yeah a leader you don't want some timid uh type to be the leader some you know some corporate accountant type you want a guy like Donald Trump who's, who's, you know, on the international stage, he'll push his way to the front and say, hey, I'm the leader of the United States, man. Get the hell out of my way. I'm going to be in front of this group, not you, for you, Mr. Romanian president or whoever the hell it was that was in his way. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what you want out of a president. You want to, to put America first and, uh, you know, not worry about what the rest of the world thinks, for God's sake. Exactly. You know, you keep your business in-house. If there's in-house arguing, then you keep it in-house. But to the outside world, the outside yeah. public, yeah. you let them know that, look, we're your friend. Just do not cross us. And if you're messing with somebody else, if you're bullying somebody else, we're going to step in and we're going to fix the problem. We'll do it the right way, or we can do it the easy way or the hard way, but we're going to get it fixed. Don't you wish the Giants? <laughs> don't you wish the Giants operated that way? <laughs> are you are you still mad at the Giants? I mean, they, they, listen, they, I I love the Giants. I'm a Giant fan my whole life. Bunny likes the Giants too, and you know Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, the whole thing. I'm always going to be a diehard Giant fan. But I know some of the players they have not treated well along the way. Guys have kind of left behind. Guys that have some issues that they could have helped, and they did not. Uh, you're one of those guys. What's your feeling on the Giants these days? No, I love the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I can never uh, express anything but gratitude to them. Uh, Wellington Mara, John Mara, the Tish family, all the Maras in general, Ronnie Barnes, Steve Canelli, Byron Hansen, everybody there that supported me along the way, from the locker room guys, Eddie Wagner, uh, to, you know, Tim Slayman, Jose. And the, Jim Fossil, who passed yeah, away course. last yeah, year. Yeah, Jim Fossil. He loved you. Yeah, so... Everybody, Ernie Acorsi, it's a, it, you know, it's a top-notch organization. However, you know, the mentality there, you know, Gettleman was there when I was there as uh, he was in, in the staff section, then he moved to GM. But it's just a matter of getting everybody on the same page again. And uh, however they do that, it just – my word from the Giants these days is that the, the head coaches are like, uh, you know, a, a guy that's liked and yeah, uh, yeah. By, by upper management – and that uh, they're on the right path. 
How do you think they made out? In the, we're talk, talk, talking former New York Giant great Luke Pettigrew here on the Bernie and Sid Show. How do you think they made made out in the draft, Luke, the, last week, I think it was? I only heard about the first-round pick, which is Neil, uh, left tackle. I heard he has a little bit of a hip injury, which to me is not uh, a big deal. I think, obviously, with Ronnie Barnes there and the medical yeah, staff, they shoot you guys up anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, they do their due diligence on, on their players. Absolutely, 100%. He comes from a Nick Saban pedigree. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it, nothing matters till he gets on the field, but I think they're on the right track. Yeah, no, he's a good player. And, uh, the kid they drafted before him, Thibodeau, the pass rusher, could be a very good player too. But just to show you, Bernard, how uh, giant players and jet players and all these athletes, he has not again played a down in the National Football League. I think it's 14 years now because he did finish his career, Luke, after eight years with the Giants in Tampa Bay. With the uh, with the Buccaneers, but uh, last night, what was the ticket in town that everybody wanted, Bernie? What was the one ticket in town? Had to be the Rangers. And guess who was in attendance? Not just Aaron Judge, not just Anthony Rizzo, not just DJ Lemayhew, but Luke Pettigrew was. How'd you Look get that ticket? Look at that. Yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> What's up, player? I got a yeah, I got a little inside connection named uh, Christian Peter from the New York Giants. Oh yes, Christian, and, sure. Yeah, so the we uh, kid. yeah, you know, I'm working with him in the uh, competitive advantage companies, doing uh, the insurance and making sure everybody gets their benefits for that uh, ex players, and we're developing a whole program with, through uh, Holtz's Heroes and Lou Holtz. And well, that's good because a lot of you you guys do get left behind and screwed insurance wise, medical wise. I mean, I know guys that could barely walk from their bed to the refrigerator, barely, and nobody takes care of those guys. Right, and you know, we are the type of men that uh, we don't complain, we don't explain, we just get things done. But there is a way, there's a process and it's been mostly just paperwork and, uh, you know, getting that figured out is a big uh, step in the right direction for everybody. How, uh, Luke Pettigrew, how did the uh, Penn Plaza, the, the surrounding area, look to you uh, last night? Because when Sid and I left, it was uh, homeless central. It was vagrant central. It was dirty, disgusting, and depressing. How did it look to you last night? Well, it was pretty. Uh... It was bad, huh? <laughs> Uh, you know, I've seen worse, but I've seen better. I'll put it that way. Is it's, that South Beach? I mean, uh, well, it's, uh, depends on where you go there, too. But, uh, you know, I mean, you're at a hockey game, so you got, I think there's more idiots inside the game in the stands, which are lovers, <laughs> which I love. Right. But, uh, you know, there's just as many on the outside there. And, uh, it's a, you know, it's one of those things. That I didn't see any trouble. Uh, I didn't get in any trouble, thankfully. Um, right, you're like seven feet tall. <laughs> right, I mean, we with you, but the, and still, you never know. That's the, sometimes. Look, though, don't forget the guy threw the water bottle at Mike Tyson on the airplane, Bernie, because they want to mess with the big guy because that's a okay. page six right there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, people, you know, they they do things intentionally so that they can sue you. Right. I had a, a gentleman sue me for a million dollars, and he ended up losing for a guy from a, over in Astoria. So I'll revisit that. You know, uh, that should work. If somebody sues you for a million and they lose, they should pay you a million dollars. I think so. Well, that's or a good plus, idea, right? Plus interest. Right, plus interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so to Bernie's point, though, about Madison Square Garden, of course, you went to Notre Dame. You spent a lot of time in Miami, Chicago, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of New Yorkers uh, feel like it's lost. It's done. I'm one of those guys. I moved to Queens. But uh, guys like my friend Corey, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, oh, no, no, even John Katsimatidis, our owner, great guy. Uh, no, New York's going to be fine. You're back here living in New York. You think it's going to be fine? Or you think it's in trouble? No, I think it'll be fine. You do? So, yeah, I don't think, yeah, because it, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, it's eventually things come back around. The world turns. The world spins back around the other way. Uh, it's a cyclical um, 
cycle, if you will. Um, not to sound like Ron Burgundy, but it's, uh, <laughs> things come That's back, funny. you know, it's a two way street. It's not a one way out. And, uh, you know, the, like I said, it's just a matter of perseverance and and, yeah. and getting things cleaned up. And wow. that's a uh, another organization I work with, the Doe Fund. Uh, they're the Sweet Streepers. Uh, they take uh, men that are out of uh, prison or homeless. They put them to work. They put them through a program. Wow. Get them sober. Get them right in the right direction. They teach them a trade, a craft, a skill. There's one in the U- uh, New York State Assembly now. Um, so it's a great organization. The Doe Fund is right up here in uh, centered out of the Bronx, and they do a great thing for uh, for for society. So, how do people? One more time, how do they reach the Doe Fund? The Luke Pettigrew, former New York Giant great, the Doe Fund. Tell us about it. Well, I think it's just uh, doefund.org, maybe. Um, so it's uh, you know they, they can reach out, or they can call call have have them reach out to the station. They can call me or you or here, and I can get you guys the information. Cool. But it's a it's a great. Uh, they did. Right. I went Saturday up to the Apollo Theater last Saturday. They had about two hundred guys graduate. Nice, and uh, it was a great ceremony. Well, I mean, one last thing before we let you go, and we'll see you again real soon, Luke. But uh, you do spend a lot of your time, and this is never covered. If you get in a fight in a restaurant in Miami, it's, you know, if you get in a fight, they, they cover it, right? But but here you're working with the Dope Fund. Last night you went to a Kips Foundation right. where they help out uh, little kids uh, all over the state. Uh, I I know all the charitable stuff that you do, and it's a lot. I mean, how many different organizations are you working with now? Oh, I'd say probably close to a dozen. Is that right? Yeah, and you know, I donate my own money. Uh, However, I don't have a PR agent, so which is okay. I mean, I got paid paid six. You know, they like to write things about me. Uh, you know, New York Post. So maybe Idiots. one of these days I'll pay attention to some of the good stuff I do and not, uh, you know, be on my ass for breaking up a fight. Really, it really is unfair. You're breaking up a fight and you get this negative press. Uh, and, and you know things happen in a bar. For God's sakes, take it easy. Yeah. Uh, Luke Pettigrew, you're a great guy. Listen, you're a terrific guy. Come back soon, all right? Well, and, thank, uh, you. thank you. And yeah, I'll, I, I'll just want to say one thing that, you know, I, first of all, we weren't in the bar. We were on, our, on the outside of the bar leaving. They touched us, and that also affects my children, which is the, the worst part about this, because they read that yep. in the papers. They don't know what to believe because uh, yep. people people have planted things in the papers about me. Right. And, uh, you know, that's affected the life of my children and myself and our yep. relationship. I know you and love I'm your kids. And I'm planning to get that I know. fixed. I know, you, I know you love your kids. I know the, the whole marriage thing has been a rough go for you, but I know you love your kids a lot. And, uh, listen, Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday, and you've got some beautiful kids, so you should yes. be happy for that. It is great to see you. You look fantastic. Uh, keep coming by. Keep saying hello, and keep up the great work. It's good to see you. Will do. Miss Thanks, you, Bernie. Luke. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All the love. Thank you, yes, uh, Luke Pettigrew. Traffic and sports coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, we we need a call for Beat Bernie, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC to play Beat Bernie. Traffic and sports is coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra with your host Joe Piscopo every Sunday night starting at 6 on Music Radio 77 WABC. Now this weekend, Margo and John Katzmatidis, they join Joe Piscopo Sunday night at 6 o'clock for a Mother's Day special on Ramsey Mazda's Sundays with Sinatra. Take it away, Lou. My mom, we lost her 45 years ago. But the one memory I, I always had, no matter how tough people think I am, yeah. I, I remember when I was a young child 
and I could not go to sleep at night unless my mom was there having her arm around me. And I would hold on to her arm until I fell asleep. Wow, that is beautiful. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to be Bernie. Let's play. Uh, today's contestant is out of Sound Beach, New York. I have no idea where that is. His name is Steve. Stephen, good morning. Uh, where is Sound Beach, New York? Uh, good morning, Sid. It's on the North Shore, uh, right by, like, Miller Place area. Oh, the, you mean the Miller Place restaurant? Uh, yeah, it's, it's um, you know where Port Jeff is? It's close yes. to there. Yeah, my, uh, yeah, my wife used to work for an attorney. Anthony, uh, now I forgot his name. He owns, uh, oh, he owns the Miller Ridge. I'm sorry, not the Miller Place. I got confused. He owns uh, the place in Eisenhower Park, too, and is a big lawyer. Anyway, uh, long story short, Steve, good luck in today's game. Here's number one. President Barack Obama's 2016 visit to what city was the first by a U.S. president since Calvin Coolidge parked the USS Texas in the exact spot where the USS Marine was, uh, where it got sunk during the Spanish-American War? It's in Havana, Cuba. What is the capital city of the country, Uruguay? Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know this either. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I barely know the states. I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly. Is it Montevideo? How do you say it? Mont- Mont- Montevideo. Yeah, okay, great. In 2016, what state became the le- Could you imagine Chris Russo trying to read this game, by the way? In 2016, what state became the last in the United States to legalize MMA, mixed martial arts? A, Las Vegas. That's not a state, you morons. It's Nevada. B, New York, or C, Chicago. It's not even a state. It's Illinois. Oh, who wrote this? There's only one state there. Oh, my God. That's probably the Yeah, it's New York, yes. They actually have Las Vegas and Chicago as states. Oh, my. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, this uh, a mint julep. Get uh, Luke in here, Fat Luke. Get him in here. A mint julep is traditionally made with four ingredients: mint leaf, sugar, water, and what? What liquor? Bourbon. Yes. And then finally, in what 1939 Frank Capra classic film does Jimmy Stewart play a naive senator who launches a filibuster? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Look at you. Hey, Steve, that's a good job, bro. You end up getting the last three correct. Uh, hold on a second there. What more? Las Vegas has a state. I mean, uh, Jesus. <laughs> Shut up. Get, where is Legrado? Uh, Bernie, are you are you here, pal? No, hold on. This is, unbe- this is unbelievable. Luke, can I ask you? Oh, no, that's Mike Garcia. He's another mentor. Uh, <laughs> he raises his hands. You know what I mean? Bernie, you there? Uh, Bernard, are you back with us? I guess he's not back yet. He's got to get four right to uh, win today's game. We're trying to get in touch with Bernard. He goes, they actually don't cheat in this game, just so you know. He has no way to talk to anybody here. He makes sure he doesn't listen to the competitor before him. So that's how you know he's not cheating. You can't even find the guy. Is he there now? Uh, He's not. We could take a quick break and come back and see how he fares. You want to do that? We want to wait here. We're going to wait here. I'm, I'm going to filibuster. Talking about filibustering in five. I'm here, bro. Are you I'm, there? I'm here. Bernie, you, wait till I, I read to you question three. 
You're not going to okay. believe it. You're not going to believe but, it. Let me just say this. I've been sitting here listening to silence for the last 10 minutes, so I've been here the whole time. But question number three, I'm not going to believe it. You're not going right. to believe it. Okay? Here's number one. Let's see what, let's see what happened. President Barack Obama's 2016 visit to what city was the first by the U.S. president since Calvin Coolidge parked the USS Texas in the exact spot where the USS Marine was sunk during the Spanish-American War? That would be Havana. Nice! I think you, you meant to say the USS Maine. I didn't mean to USS say anything. Maine. I'm just reading the question. What did I say? Is, you said Marine. Oh, yes, I did. You're right. Very good, Bernie. That's why you're oh. the man. That's why you're the man. Don't throw stones. I, I, hey. Can I be the man if you're the man? Hey, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm the host. I don't get, I can't read them all correctly all the time. Okay, well, number two, uh, that's why Bernie's here to correct me. What is the capital city of the country, Uruguay? Uh, that would be, I believe, it's Uruguay and Paraguay. I think it's Asuncion. Oh, my God. Montevideo, I guess. Montevideo. Montevideo. So, listen, it could have been. It been uh, look up uh, the para- Look up the other one. It is Asuncion. I believe you. I believe you. So it, it, it was a 50-50 proposition for me, and no. I picked the wrong damn now, one. Now, wait, like wait to hear this one, how it's written. You're not going to believe this. Now, pay, pay attention here, Bernie. In 2016, what state? I want you to say that. What state? Say it. What state? In 2016, what state? Right. Became the last in the United States to legalize MMA. Was it A, Las Vegas? It was New York. Right. But here's, here's the, here's the, uh, the um, options they gave you. What state became the first? A, Las Vegas, which, of course. That's funny. B, New York. C, Chicago. That's terrible. I mean, <laughs> Luke, uh, sit I'm down for a second. You do realize that Las Vegas is in Nevada and Chicago is in Illinois, you doofus. I mean, and what's, cities. Yes, they're cities, not states. Now, Sydney, before you keep putting your foot in your mouth, I didn't write these questions. Oh, I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. Who wrote them? I, did, I got my sources, but it wasn't Who me. Who wrote the question? Come not... on, Luke. Come on, Luke. Who did it? Who did it? Matt Meany. Very good, Sid. Thank you. That's your favorite movie, right, Bernie? That is uh, James Cagney in uh, the one with Jack Lemmon. Mr. Uh, Roberts. The, Mr. Roberts, oh, Henry Fonda, yeah. Yes, come on. Very good. Ascension is it? correct, Who by the way. Yeah. Ascension is correct. Ascension is yeah. correct. See, yeah. thank you. Wow. All right, Bernie, you got two out of three so far. A, moon, a mint julep. A mint julep is traditionally made with four ingredients, mint leaf, sugar, water, and what liquor? Uh, I would say creme de mint. That's incorrect. Actually, it's the same liquor they put inside a hot toddy, which is bourbon. Bourbon, yeah. Oh, bourbon Uh, whiskey. Here's your chance to tie. You can't win today now. Oh, wait a second. Yes, you can't win. You can only tie at 3-3. And you're going to get this right. In what 1939 Frank Capra classic film does Jimmy Stewart play a naive senator who launches a filibuster? It is uh, Gone with the Wind. No, it's Mr. Smith Goes to Watch. Very good, Burn. 3-3 tie today. The guy you played, Steve, is a very nice guy. So, Bernie, say hello to Steve. Steve, how hey, you doing, Bernie. buddy? Where good, you from, how are you from, bro? I'm all right. Sound beat out on the island, uh, you know, North Shore. Cool. So you live in large, living large and in charge. I like it. Uh, so anyway, uh, how did you know uh, that it was uh, the, the capital of Paraguay? How did you know that? What? From your high oh, school I didn't. days, I, I passed on that one. That was that was too oh, obscure oh. for me. But. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Well, listen, man. Uh, so, so uh, let's see. It's Mother's Day. You have a mom. You taking your mom's out this weekend, or your wife? Uh, my 
I'm t- doing stuff with the wife, my mom. Uh, she's older. She's out. Uh, she's in the home. So, uh, you know, we'll go visit oh. her too. But, uh, you know. Well, right. I got you. Uh, that's nice. I, I like, like the way you know? said. Yes, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. The wife. I, I, I would no refer wife. to my wife, Carol, as the wife because, uh, frankly, she wouldn't stand for it. But uh, who knows? But listen, uh, bro, listen, Steve, right? Yeah. Steve, listen, it was great uh, uh, challenge, you challenging me, and uh, congratulations. You tied me. You, you didn't beat me, but you tied me. And uh, anyway, appreciate you listening, appreciate you playing. Thanks, and happy Mother's Day. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Sid. Sports guys. And, uh, you know, I hope you feel better. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, Capitola, thank you, that's right. Thank you to uh, Tina uh, Merlot, Capitola. All right, we'll take some phone calls and go home and enjoy our weekends right after this. Me and Bernie, right back. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Oh, good tune. All right, Gabby, you want to wish your, uh, your mom a happy Mother's Day. Gabby Lopez uh, just went through an actual tragedy, though. The whole thing happened there, but uh, you're doing okay. Yeah. What, what do you want to say? All right. I just wanted to wish all the moms out there a happy Mother's Day and to have a great weekend, including my lovely mom all the way out in California, my grandma out in Syosset, and actually my best friend's mom, because I'm actually staying at his house right now. Cool. So it's awesome. All right. Happy Mother's Sweet. Day to Happy all of them. Day. What about you? Uh, hey, Justin, we've talked to your mom about your shiksa girlfriend. What's your name again? Delia or something? Or? My mom? Yeah. Adina. That's right. Uh, I want to show Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? Hurry uh, up. I'll, I'll see my mom on Sunday. Happy Mother's Day, Ma. Happy Mother's Day, Grandma. Happy Mother's Day, my other grandma. That must be nice. And all my, uh, my long-lost great-grandmothers and, uh, <laughs> and all that. Go all the grandmas. All yeah. the grandmas Luke, out there. Luke, uh, what, oh, about, yeah. what about your mom? Lisa, right? Yep, that's her. And, uh, yeah, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. But more importantly, Lisa Legrano, lady, I love you to bits. Lou, well, your mom's uh, alive? That was no? nice. No, my mom's dead, so, okay. but thank you anyway. That's a nice question. Uh, and finally, yeah. Le- yeah. you got to know, you gotta know the answer Bob. before. Yeah, I know. you got to know the answer <laughs> before. You're right, the you're right. right. So, I, I just you're said one, that. Yes, right. you're the one who t- uh, Bernie, that. Uh, uh, Bernie, of course, uh, Carol, uh, love, love the best of her. Absolutely. My wife, uh, my kids are going to come over. Uh, it's going to be great. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, and you as well, Sydney, and you and your mom, Naomi. Thank and you, and you, you too, Lou Rufino. Uh, happy Mother's Day. You're the Day. man, Bernard McGurk. You are still a human being. Yes, he is. Barely, but he yes. is. And Danielle, too. <laughs> we, uh, I tell you, it was a lot of fun. I got to tell you, we covered all the big news, but it was a blast. Bernie, on a, on a serious note, enjoy your Mother's Day. Have a great weekend. Uh, the whole crew, Lou Grotto, Lou Rufino, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. We'll all be back on Monday morning, God willing, at 6 a.m. Enjoy the Derby. Enjoy the Ranger game. Mother. Enjoy Mother's Day. We'll talk again on Monday morning from all of us to all of you until then. Peace. Peace.